Everyone, Dave and Jeff, another podcast, this time on a Sunday night. Actually, a couple hours ago, we were just at Petco Park. Yeah. What a day, huh? It was It was kind of crazy. It was, it was good and bad as far as getting a chance to see people we haven't seen in forever. But at the same time, sad at the same time, the stories were insane. Baseball <laughs> stories are the best of all sports, I think. Man, I, I hope some of you went out today to Petco to remember a really good guy in Kevin Towers. Kudos to the Padres who put that all together. And Dave, it was, I, I think for you and me, because we were incredibly lucky to come in in 98 and get thrown in doing pre-pregame shows and post-game shows during um, the early part of this, uh, mid part of this season, then into throughout the playoffs. But to be able to tell Trevor Hoffman tonight, as yeah. we did, what those guys meant to us, to tell Charles Steinberg, to see Theo and to see Boach and uh, others that that were really instrumental for you and me uh, meant a lot. And yeah. it's just uh, incredibly sad circumstance why it was going down. You know, so much has happened in the last 20 years. I mean, you look mm-hmm. at just you know, from 96 from when the Padres – and it was brought up over and over again today where the Padres yeah. swept that last series in Los Angeles and they win the National League West mm-hmm. to 98, of course, the Kevin Brown season – to go into the World Series, which was awesome. I mean, we're lucky enough to be part of that as far as broadcasting and feel the electricity that the fans had that San Diego Padres were in the World Series against the New York Yankees on the biggest stage was awesome. But there's so many other people that were part of that story, as you said. When you mentioned Charles Steinberg, and for people who don't know, Charles Steinberg was one of those guys that was a Larry Lucchino guy. Mm -hmm. If you've listened to us at all since Larry has left, and Jeff has said it will never be like this again. He was the best thing to ever happen to Padre baseball. And the fact that he left was uh, basically a fall that we all took that I don't know if we're ever going to get back, but we see the magic he worked with the Boston Red Sox. He's one of the best guys in baseball. You, uh, Charles Steinberg was one of the first guys that we saw and one of the last guys that we saw when they left town. Remember, he yeah. came and spoke to us at KFMB, and it was so cool to, to see him. But when we t- talked about Theo, we're in the Omni Club at the end, and when it was all over, the ceremony was all over. And Theo walked right up and said, hey, Jeff, how's it going? Yeah. I mean, it was like 20 years ago. Forget 20 years ago. It was like Theo had just saw you yesterday. I haven't seen him in probably 12 years. That's what I thought was cool. And and maybe the deal is this. And I said to him, first thing I said is, I can't tell you how proud we are of you. I'm not a Cubs fan. I'm not a Red Sox fan. But we've known him since he was 21 years old. And his story is ridiculous, that he was GM of his favorite team at age 28, 27 with the Boston Red Sox. They haven't won forever. Then he goes to Chicago. They haven't won forever. He's going to end up in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. And to the fact that he was as normal as he was 20 Absolutely. years ago. Absolutely. And, and talk about anyone could walk in with a big head of going, hey, I'm boy genius. I'm going yeah. to the Hall of Fame. But it, he was cool. Steinberg was cool. Great seeing Bochy. We haven't seen mm-hmm. Bochy in a long time. And he told me, he goes, after this last surgery, he goes, they got everything. I'm good. I'm good. I asked him twice. I go, you sure you're Okay. He goes, I'm good. Everything is good, good to go. But it was so nice to catch up. And as you said, we ran into Trevor at the end. And, and it sounds like we're dropping names. But for Jeff and I, these guys are important guys to us in our life. And, yeah. and they always treated us well. Yeah, Charles Steinberg was Lucino's right-hand guy. And I can remember going to lunch with him at the old trophies. We went and we were talking about everything going on and building everything. And he told me on that day, 
I still remember it. He said, the guy you need to know is Theo. You know, when you hear a name, yeah. you kind of picture what he may look like. Does everybody else do that? If you go, hey, yeah. do you know John? Or you got to meet John? Or you need to meet this person or that person? So when he said Theo, I'm not lying. The first guy I pictured was Theo Huxtable. <laughs> well, Theo Epstein does not look anything like Theo no, Huxtable. It and at that time, he was working in the entertainment division. Man, they knew, Lucchino knew, Steinberg knew that he was destined. Now, yeah. I don't think he would have told me that day at, at Trophies that he was going to be the GM for the Cubs and the Red Sox breaking the curse, but they knew he was destined for greatness. Mike D was part of those teams. Uh, Sam Kennedy, Jason McLeod, Glenn Geffner. Uh, there were so many great people that were part of that. Uh, Larry Lucchino tree that I'm not even scratching the surface right. for the people that were there that made such an impact on this town. And I love that they acknowledged that Kevin, along with Larry, were and John, John yeah. deserves credit, and, and Kevin Brown and Trevor Hoffman, Ken Caminetti, Tony Gwynn, they were all responsible for Petco Park. And I hadn't been in Petco for a while. And to be in there and just soak it all in, yeah, incredible day, Dave, but I was I was just so genuinely sad during the whole thing because the people that he impacted um were impacted in life yep. and we're all impacted in death as well the people that were there should say enough as far as what people thought about him in, in baseball circles i mean yeah brian cashman and we all know he worked with brian cashman i thought that was great but I brian thought... cashman's a guy that comes to town with five world series rings yeah you know i mean Andy's his office is three thousand miles away right now yeah. he should be in florida but he gets on a plane and he comes on out. Tony LaRusso shows up, you know. Bochy yeah. shows up. Walt Theo shows up. Walt Jockney shows up. I mean, the names go on and on and on. Rick Sutcliffe was there. Good to see him. Kurt Gibson, obviously a guy that managed for him. But Kurt, Kurt Gibson's health isn't Buddy the Black. best. Buddy Black. Buddy Black. Buddy looked great. Um, yeah. But Kurt Gibson's health isn't in the best. Yeah. And the fact that not only did he show up, but he got up and he spoke and he told one of the funniest stories going – it was it was pretty incredible. It was one of those that you think of this a lot at, at funerals. Mm. Boy, he would love to see this, right? I mean, Kevin Towers well, would have would have loved to have heard what people thought about it. Maybe he already thought that. But one thing about Kevin, and we've known it, but mm -hmm. the one thing those guys said because everybody in professional sports is just a major competitor. You always hear about yeah. guys like a Philip Rivers or a guy like a Michael Jordan, but that guy was as competitive as anybody can be, and they all said it. Yeah, Bill Chief Gaten we saw afterwards, and, and just so so many people that we saw. But there was something that we hadn't mentioned that I, I think he would have loved, and that was a good, old-fashioned, dynamite gospel choir. And they were awesome, they were. awesome, like rocking. And, and I think just never really talked about it. I mean, you heard uh, Kirk Gibson talk about how much he loved Neil Young and oldies music like that but whoever whoever booked that choir uh did an awesome job fred yeoman jr was was so good yeah like i said dave i i think it's one of the things that i'm not going to spend any time on the divorce tonight i've done that enough but i i just think why that hit home to me today so much kevin left us at 56 c.s keys left us at 54 my friend rick daly left us at 54 it's incredibly young ages too young and right now when i'm away from my kids even though i was with them today 
when I'm away from him, I, I just feel, Dave, like I'm giving time away. Yeah. And I'm not I'm not getting a receipt. And that that's why I just sat there. I, I miss our friend. I wish we had um not so much in the last fifteen months when he had been really sick and kept it to his inner circle. I respect that. But I wish in the last during our time at, at 1360, why why didn't we reach out to him and talk baseball with him and bring him in when he was local and just yeah. bullshit with him? But um, but it's kind of a, a whole mixture of emotions because you go, he's he's too young, and I, I just I feel like, shit, man, he had a lot left to do, and that was the thing that hit me is looking around. There's so many young people, and you go, fuck, I hope we're here till we're 90, but, but there's no promises for tomorrow, no. so and enjoy it while you can. That's exactly what goes on. In your mind, you always say, there's tomorrow. There's another yeah. day. I'll get to it tomorrow. I'll, I'll call him tomorrow. Yeah. You, you think that all the time. Remember, it was a huge wake-up call watching the World Series, and A.J. Hinch had his yeah, name right. on there. And how many people that know him, like you and I, we, we consider we know him. I mean, to the point, yeah. and if you walked up to Kevin Towers, he knows who we are. But yet, as you said, we didn't reach out to him. We had, we had a couple years to reach out to him, and we didn't utilize him. And when AJ put the name, put the initials KT on there, all of us went, holy shit. No, it said Kevin Towers. Did it say Kevin yeah, Towers? it said on? Kevin Towers. And then it was, wow. It was, yeah. holy cow, man. Did, did we wait too long? And what's going on with KT? Um, it, what it led me to do was uh, for Boach sitting in here that night. I texted Boach. I told him what he meant to us. Yeah. And I, I did it today with Trevor. Yeah. I did it today with Trevor. And I said, you know, the one thing we've learned with Kevin's passing is, to make sure you tell people. I reminded him of those stories that we've talked about when he would yell, shut up at us and, and throw baseballs. He's <laughs> done laughing. Yeah, you, me, and, and Trev just sat there for a couple of minutes, and we didn't want to waste – I didn't want to waste Theo's time or Boach's time, Trev's time, because there were a lot of people there to yeah. see him. Um, and, and it was short. You know, it's like any party. The the time goes by quick, so don't don't suck all the air out of the wind – or out of, all the air out of the room. But – but to be able to tell those guys, I, I feel like now, okay, we've told Boach, uh, we've told Theo, uh, told Theo tonight, yeah, you know, and and told Trev too, yeah, that that was good, and I I thank Kevin for a million things, but I also thank him for reminding all of us, hey, yeah, rem- remind the people that matter that they truly do. You know, it's interesting. You brought up the part about your kids, and it all makes sense because things have dramatically changed on how often you're you're able to spend time with them. Yeah, but I remember when. I first started off in this business, and I was like, man, I, I want to be – I always wanted to be a professional athlete. When you realize that's not going to happen, I go, okay, I want to get into sports because at least age isn't going to be a factor, and I can be around it. i got to be around sports somewhere because it means everything to me. Yeah. And I was driving to Los Angeles every day covering the Lakers and Clippers. I'd leave at 2 in the afternoon, and I'd get home at 2 in the morning. And I'd do it yeah. every day, and I had a little kid, and, and I was trying to go to school at the same time. It, it was hard. I wasn't sleeping much. But, man, all I thought about on those drives home were, what if I get in a car accident tonight and, and I die? I don't see my kid raised, you know? Yeah. And I remember at, at one point, around that time, early 20s, way early 20s, like 22 years old, I went to a therapist. And the therapist asked me, how often do you think about death? Mm. <laughs> and I said to the therapist, I go, a couple times an hour. Wow. And, and that's what she did. Yeah, wow. And, and I was like, what? And she said, that's completely not normal. And... <laughs> And well, I, and, but I, yeah. in your mind, you're thinking everybody thinks a certain way. And I'm like, what do you mean it's not normal? And she said, you should think about death maybe twice a month. <laughs> like, like, are you like, yeah. we got to get you on some antidepressants. I go, no, no, yeah. no. I go, I just have a fear of not being there to raise my kid. Yeah. But I remember when I realized when the kids are more important than the sports, it happened mm-hmm. in 2004 and I love the Lakers 
NBA Finals, Pistons, Lakers, and I'm covering the finals up there. And my kid has a little league game, and I'm missing his game. And I went, I'd rather be at the game than be here at yeah. the NBA Finals. Couldn't believe it. I would never yeah. guess in a million years that I would pass up the Lakers for a little league game. But at that point, I was like, okay, here's here's what's important to me from now on. Yeah, it, it's uh, it, you just feel like when you have kids um, that you go, yeah, I got to be there. I got to be there at every minute of every day. And yeah. so it's funny because we spent the day together yesterday and we did exactly what I talked about. You start looking for apartments in La Mesa. My man, Brian Curry is the greatest reached out to me immediately and said, look, I will help you. Cool. I'll help you. And I will take him up on that. But, um, you just, it's, it's, Difficult, man. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. It, every day, every minute is a challenge, and it it there's times where you feel like it's getting easy and you got to manage, and there's so many times when you don't. But I do know um, that I have the ability to. I could pause this podcast and call and talk to him right now. Yeah. Um, Kelly can't talk to Kevin. Uh, CS's kids can't talk to their daddy. So I try to keep all that in perspective, yeah. and and I feel like. At some point, we'll be okay, and we'll get it all together. And once you get settled into La Mesa and they're there all the time, it'll be great. But, but, um, but yeah, it's just, I think, Dave, it's difficult enough, but when you lose close friends like we've done with Towers and others at such a young age, you just it freaks you out, like yeah, you said, of, of being afraid that you're going to miss something or go quick. Yeah, no, absolutely. We had a chance uh, to run into other guys as well. I want to mention that we, Andy Ashby ran into. God we talked about that 98 season. Andy the Ashby is best. always super nice. The best. And, and Dave, you mentioned Theo. And, and Ashby falls in this too. You know, when we were there today, we had we were lucky. Uh, I had this conversation again with Darren Smith the other night. Um, We were lucky that... Darren, Darren told me something that meant so much to me. He was talking about um, putting this list together. And there were people that were there in the stands, and then there was kind of a select group that uh, were on the field, and then there was an extended part of that select group that was kind of in a separate section of the bleachers. And, and there were a lot of people there. And Darren reached out to me last week and said, Hey, um, Barry Axelrod, is putting this thing together, and I, I, you and Dave need to be there. And I said, God, that that means a lot to me. Yeah, because we, you and I would have just gone and hung in the in the seats, but to but to have Darren do that meant a lot. And so we were out on Friday night, and he said, he asked me a couple of times on Friday during his show. He sent me a text, and then uh, when I saw him on Friday night, he said, "You're all good." Dave's all good for Sunday. And I said, yeah. And he said, it was funny, man. He goes, I was talking to Barry Axelrod. Now I've never met Barry. Yeah. I haven't either aware of him and, and the impact that he had on baseball. I had no idea he was that close with Kevin. That was cool. Um, and Darren said, yeah, I just called him. And I said, Hey, Palais dots it. They did Dave and Jeff and Axelrod's like, yeah, done. Cool. And that meant a lot to me. Yeah. I was like, wow, you know, that was just, that was just cool. And then today, the Theo thing was funny because I had been in Chicago. I think we were there at the end of June for work. My buddy Tony is from Chicago, and he is on that trip. And we are there for a week. 
And he just, he's cracking up because I'm telling him of the friendship that we had with Theo. He goes, dude, fucking call him. Call him, man. Let's, because my, yeah. my friend Tony's a diehard Cubs fan. He loves Theo. And I said to him, I go, that's not who I am. I don't do that. I haven't seen him in 12 years. And I don't want to be that guy gravy training, uh, uh, riding the gravy yeah. train. At some point, our paths will cross again. I look forward to seeing him. Terrible circumstance, but it happened today. And Dave, you said that about Theo coming in and walking right at me. Yeah. And Jeff, how you doing? And he goes, this guy has lived a full life since the last time I saw him. And I just chatted with him for a second. I told him, I said, you know, we were there and my buddy's a Cubs fan. He goes, why don't you call me? Yeah. And I said, you know, I'm not that guy. And he said, you know, I'm actually more bothered that you didn't call me than I ever would have been if you had. Yeah. And what led to that was kind of like you're, it's, it's a funny thing, but your picture with Lisa Ann yeah. is really funny because you can just show people. Yeah. And I had, I'm not really a picture guy. I don't really go around taking selfies or doing things like that. But Boach was standing right there. And the only thing I wanted to do was take this picture with Theo to mess with my buddy at work. You kind of validate yeah. that I actually know him. <laughs> um, not, Tony, Tony's never down, but it's just like yeah. to validate it. Yeah. And you know, Dave, we got that picture and I was on the drive home and I go, not only for, for my buddy, I'm so glad we did that. Me too. I'm so glad we did that because I don't know when you and I will be with those two guys ever again. Probably never. Two guys that meant a lot to us, as so many have. And on that day, it's my Twitter yeah. header photo. And I just called Tony tonight. He's like, God dang, that picture is great. And I said, you know, man, sincerely from the bottom of my heart, thank you. Yeah. Because I would not have bothered those two guys for a photo. And it, it, it's, You're right. We don't do that ever. Ever. We didn't bug Trevor. We no. didn't bug anybody. Ashby. Um, but ever. We've never done that. We've never done no. Tony Gwynn. We've never done it with Boach. And all nope. the times None. we find out with Boach, we never do that. But I, I did it just for my buddy Tony tonight, and I'm yeah. so glad uh, we did. And I, I thank him because if it if it wasn't just to mess with him or validate with him, even though it need, didn't need to be validated, uh, we, we'd be here tonight talking yeah. about a memory that we didn't capture, and we did. The the reason I wanted that that picture as well, you said it. Let's let's grab a photo. Is Boach hasn't been doing well health wise. Yeah, and, and people always say, "Man, you've been around the game a long time. Who who's your closest guy in baseball?" For years, it was Tony Gwynn. Yep. Trevor Hoffman's a guy that I'm lucky enough that because our kids played baseball at the same age and they communicate through social media with each other and their friends. Yeah, that I see Trevor a lot. I see Brett Boone a lot. Boachy's my closest guy in, in baseball. I'm sure is your closest guy yeah. in, in baseball. And when you hear that Boach is having heart problems or heart surgeries, mm -hmm. I'm going to, let's take this picture. You know, let, let's yeah. get this because you never know. We don't know when the next time we're going to see Boach. And who knows? It could be in a couple of weeks at, at a baseball game. But, hey, this was an opportunity. Let's go ahead and get this picture of our friendship. I also got a chance today to tell Randy Jones that I loved him. Yeah, and he told us back he loved us. Um, which is, and maybe that's one of those funeral things, but it's normally we, we see Randy all the time man. for 25 years and never once has that happened. It's one of my favorite stories from my time at KFMB. Uh, producing Padre Talk, Hank was doing it. And our boss, Dave Sniff, was great. And he came to me 
sniffed it and he's like, we got, hey man, I got a change coming on the show and I just, I want to run it by you, the whole thing. And I was like, oh God, you start thinking a million different negative things. And I said, okay, what's the change? He goes, well, we're adding Randy Jones in. And I, I really didn't know Randy that much at that time. Um, And I said, wow, okay. He goes, yeah, you know, it's sponsored by Saquon or Viejas. And I was like, all right, well, where's, where's, he was like, well, we're just, we're putting another guy in. Dave, it was great. It yep. was great every night. It was great being there uh, because Randy's a pretty mellow guy and doesn't really beat his own drum. And I got Pete Rose on the show. And Pete Rose talked about how much he hated facing Randy. Yep. And I just watched Randy just beam. It, it meant so much to him to have Pete Rose do that. Uh, Randy and I were in Monterey together, and I was dying, completely butchering the national broadcast for CBS. Poor Jerry Coleman's getting an instant echo in his ear for five innings at least. And I finally get it sorted out. And Jonesy find, Jonesy comes by and he goes, you know, how, how are you? And I go, shit. I think I finally got it figured out. I, I think I'm going to be all right. <laughs> And he goes, I'll, I'll be right back. And he's gone. And Davey comes back with like, I've, I've got a Vente Black Ice tea in front of me from Barnes & Noble. It, it was bigger than this. Like a fruity mixed drink, like a pina colada or a hurricane or yeah. something. Oh, I just fucking chugged it with like four <laughs> innings to go in that game. Um, But it, it's just that thing. At the end tonight, when we're sitting there and we're just kind of looking to track down Boach, Andy Ashby comes out and walks right over. And and I've said one of my favorite things was watching Andy as a padre visit with three young kids that were probably 12 and, I don't know, 10. And there was a little guy like seven who had a ball cap on. And Andy kept talking to the older two. And he would reach over and he would just pull the bill of the ball cap down over the little guy's eyes. And the little guy would struggle to get it up <laughs> and get it square. And Andy's talking and motioning with the other guys. He'd just reach over and he would do it again. And he did it like four times. And it was the funniest thing. And the two older guys are just dying. The little one's laughing. Nobody's there, There's no video camera. Yeah. No video camera. You're just engaging with a couple of uh, fans. You and I had him on the show the night he got traded to the Phillies by Kevin Towers. And we've shared that story with Andy. We reminded of it today. Yeah, it was cool, man. I, I love seeing all those guys. I just wish the circumstances yeah. were much different. You're absolutely right. Yeah, it was it was great seeing Randy. I haven't seen Randy in a while. I was I was thinking about Randy on the on the way home actually and going I've see I've known Randy for about twenty five years mm -hmm. and I can't ever say I've seen Randy upset, mad, no. treat people poorly. Randy was that guy that even when he after all of his stuff of being downstairs at Qualcomm and he had his the restaurant, the barbecue and signing autographs until the last person got one. Mm -hmm. He would come up and he'd bring everybody around him peanuts and licorice yeah. and Cracker every night, Jack. every single night, every night, every night he took care of the people that were his friends in the press box. Cracker he, Jack all the time. Yeah, he was always, always a good guy and, and still a good guy. It was great, great seeing him today. But Andy Ashby's an unusual guy. When I mean unusual, pro athlete is so many of these guys are being pulled in so many different directions and they still have a job to do. Mm -hmm. They still have to be professionals and be very good at what they do. 
And if you remember, was you know he's the number two behind Kevin Brown on that '98 yeah, team. So I mean, great, he, big time player with is getting pulled in a bunch of directions. But in San Diego, he was a superstar for that season. Mm-hmm. But I remember um, I had a broken like left hand or right hand or whatever, and I had a cast on it right in the middle of being interviewed by a pool of reporters. He stops. What happened to your hand, Dave? <laughs> he stops. Right? I, I was like, I was like, yeah. turn around. Like, who are you talking to? They were human, man. They, they, they were just yeah. guys. The Padre guys were. They were different than everybody else. Yeah. I've always said that. You might not have the best teams, and this might not mean a lot to a lot of people, but the Padres always had good guys in that organization. Man, I, I just I look at that team. Uh, Brad Osmus was great. Brad Osmus was there today. Yeah, didn't get to see him, but yeah, Osmus, Carlos Hernandez. Dave Stewart go, was there today. Dave Stewart. Uh, but then I think about the outfield with Gwynn, with Vaughn, with Finley, yep. um, Caminetti, Ashby, Hitchcock, Brown, Hoffman, uh, and then the coaches too. You know, Rob Piccolo's gone. Yeah. Uh, Boach, Marvetman was there today, and, and Towers and Lucchino. And it just, yeah, it's such a special group. And, and I think whoever said it whether it was Walt Jockety or Brian Cashman one of them said may have been Lucino it doesn't matter but one of them pointed out this team has been hit by loss of too many people gone at a young age they go yeah it's not the way it should be especially right now too with the 20 20th anniversary of that team uh just just yeah incredibly sad it, it is crazy. I hate to say it, but in San Diego sports, with the Chargers, too, you went through that run. You went through that run with the guys on that Super Bowl team. How many people have passed away? I mean, crazy deaths, plane yeah. crashes and stuff oh. like that, where you go, what, what's going on? It's, uh, it is it, it is sad. Again, the occasion wasn't great, but it makes you, you think twice. And the way human nature is, in two days, you, you move on to your next set of problems. You know, yeah. it's, it's, you always say the 24-hour news cycle. But, yeah, you forget about the worst, and you're moving on to what's the next thing I need to be concerned about. But for today, it was – it was great to see people come out. Great to see the fans come out. When the weather's perfect and there's so many things to do to see the fans come out that uh, for support of Kevin Towers and his Padre memories. Uh, Pete Seidler and Ron Fowler have done so many things right. I'm sure they will do this right as well. I, I haven't seen anything as far as a patch or anything. I'm sure it'll just say KT for the uniform. But I'm also sure that they will probably at some point honor him at Petco Park, whether it's a plaque. Well, when's it going to the Padre Hall of Fame? Dave, I mean, you're running a lot out. of guys. You're, you're, yeah, but I mean, here's a situation where the guy passed yeah. away. Don't be afraid to stick him in this year. Yeah, he he really does. He deserves it. And and like I said, we've had so many dopey owners over the years. I'm not worried about these guys. It feels like you've you've really got good stable ownership in place that that does the right thing. Yeah, they do when they when they have the chance to do the right thing, they do it. But um, it just, uh, yeah, I thought Phil Nevin was great. Oh, and, and then we can move on to, to talk about whatever else. But walking in, one of the first guys we saw was Bill Johnston. Yeah. Um, and just talking to Bill a little bit about, because I haven't seen him since the team moved, and just talking to him about his new opportunity and being with the Padres. And he said it was an absolute godsend. And that's Ron Fowler and Pete Seidler helping out a really good guy in, in Bill. And, and squaring him up. And I thought that was great. So, yeah, fun to be in Petco. I had not – I only went to one game last year. So since the end of 2016, almost two years of only uh, – mid part of 2016, I've only been there once. 
Uh, so to be there today and see friends and everything else, you go, yeah, this is nice. The, the grass is back on. The infield's ready yeah. to go. The, the, the colored grass isn't where it's going to be on opening day. It's going to be perfect like it always is. The right field scoreboard isn't up yet. No. We'll, we'll, yeah. We should be ready to go. Oh, but yeah, it'll be ready You can see where, where things are moving forward. And, again, it is just an amazing, beautiful ballpark. I was glad the weather not only was great because of Kevin Towers, but also Lucchino, you know, had so much of everything to do yeah. with the ballpark to yeah. go. Yeah. Man, this is outstanding. I mean, this is outstanding. He, he has it still. T- and he, by the way, Lucina wore a San Diego Padre hat today. That was cool. That was cool. He just he gets it. To and to see downtown and see all of it, Dave. You pointed it out, and I I hadn't done it driving in, but I absolutely did it driving out. Dave said to me, uh, we were walking out to the car, and he goes, "Man, it's funny to drive right there and go. That's where the NFL stadium should have been." And I said, no, that's the new Moore's apartment building. And you said, no, right beyond there. And I, I said, oh, yeah, you're right. And driving out, um, it, it's overwhelming. For me, for me, a lot of things right now, I kind, of, yeah. I kind of feel like just emotionally a lot of things hit me. Things that I didn't pay attention to before, I see now. Um, seeing all the homeless down there is just heart-wrenching it's cold as it's been the last few nights that's all i think about every yeah. time i go to sleep and i'm trying to and to get under the covers i'm like man there are people freezing tonight yeah and there's men and women and that whole thing and you just go fuck man you know you go fuck it just sucks but then to see um where that nfl stadium should have been where it should have yeah. been I, I i i don't buy into mission valley i always believed based on what the nfl said to us that if they had gone downtown, and I, and I'm not blaming anybody. Every everybody's to blame. All of us played a role in it. But had that NFL stadium been there, knowing the Super Bowl was going to be here every four years, and the excitement and the energy and where everything would be, um, yeah, it, it's it's hard not to look at that and feel a void today too, and and feel the void of the NFL being gone. But um, I'll tell you this. So I, I was saying that I had my kids last night, yep. and I took them to Cali Comfort. And right any time I'm with them, I'm always a little selfish about my time. But right now when the time's limited, I feel like I'm even more selfish. And so Sean Walchev, who we love around here, goes, dude, bring them in. Bring them in for dinner. Bring them in for dinner. And I go, okay. So I bring them in. And uh, there's a guy from the Bolt Brigade who is the guy, Brian, super guy. Okay. And he's the guy directly, Sean's seats are in the front row behind the end zone, and there's a walkway there. And Brian sits there and pounds these thunder sticks the entire game. Like, bang, bang, bang. Yeah. So, I mean, like, fucking thing gives you a headache immediately. <laughs> But he he couldn't be a nicer guy. So he met me and my sons at the Chiefs game. Now, there there's 20 Bolt Pride guys that are in uh, Cali Comfort last night. So he comes over and he says to me, how you doing? Now, I'm thinking divorce, yeah. kids, anything else. I go, you know, man, I'm hanging in there. It's okay. He goes, man, I've been thinking a lot about you. And I go, I appreciate that. Yeah, it's all good. He goes, well, I've been thinking about you because 
you know, CS Keys. And I said, yeah. I said, especially being in here. We spent a lot of yeah. time in here. He said, yeah, you know, he sat in that same seat where you sat. He's not here anymore. And they said, you know, the other guy who sat in that seat was Sean's uncle, and he's not here anymore. Did he move? So I've been thinking a lot about you. I was like, this fucking guy, doesn't, he doesn't know shit. He doesn't care about the divorce of my kids. He's looking out for me because he's going. Yeah, you're in the death chair. And they come in threes. So Brian, God bless him. So then he goes, uh, he goes, I'm like, Jesus Christ, right? And I'm dying. It was so great. And and he was completely sincere. I've been thinking a lot about you, man. The other two guys are dead. I'm like, Jesus. <laughs> and uh, so he's like, so he has no idea that, you know, my time with the yeah. boys, like, that's it. He probably thinks I hang with them every night. And he said, uh, well, I was just thinking about it. She goes, all right. He goes, you going to a game next year? I go, not if I got to sit in that fucking seat. Am I going? <laughs> uh, but it, but it's just like they've talking talking to those guys yeah. and, and seeing what the what the loss of the NFL means. And yeah, just being downtown today, it's weird, man. A lot of different things come to mind. Yeah, I always tell my kids when you know you go through a stretch where things aren't aren't great. You know, I go, life's like a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. You're going to go up, you're going to yep. go down. Just the problem is when you're down, you don't know how long you're going to be there. You know, yeah. and you're waiting to go back up. And obviously, as a San Diego sports fan, we're definitely in a down mode, right? Well, we, yeah, we, for you, sure. You have a baseball team that, yeah, you got Hosmer, we got all excited, but they're still yep. scheduled to finish in last place. Yeah. You have an uh, NFL team that's gone that we love for 56 years, and now all of a sudden you don't feel like you're part of the big party anymore. Yeah. You have a San Diego State program where your number one recruit of all time, all of a sudden oh, you found goodness, out is right. taking money, not even a lot of money. 1400 Yeah, it takes 1400 dang. And then you have the USD head coach today get arrested at the airport for domestic abuse. Who? And you go, <laughs> the head coach for USD basketball, the Toreros. Lamont Smith? Yes. Oh, no. Got arrested tonight. Uh, ABC reported it for domestic abuse. Oh, and so you're Jesus. going, man, you know, this is just one of those things like the roller coaster where you almost go, you can't get any lower. When can opening day get here? At least we can root for the team until – we realize they aren't going in the direction we want them to go in, but it's it's just one of those times, man. It's just one of those we're going to look back at these few years, I think, at San Diego sports and say, shit, it just wasn't our, our time to be good. My my fear on that is, will it ever be good again? And you feel like you feel like there there's reason to be excited about the baseball team, but I had time to kill. I was already downtown, um, so I went to Barnes and Noble, just killing a little time, and they have. Athlon baseball previews out. Street and Smith yeah. does their baseball. It used to be Sporting News. Street and Smith took it back over. But Athlon Sports now has their baseball yearbook out. And all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, okay, well, let me just read what they say about Tatis and Mackenzie Gore and the rest of the group. And on the cover, it's a picture of Mike Trout and Corey Seager. And the headline is, inside eight pages each of Dodgers and Angels coverage. Wow. No mention at all of the pods. Southern California edition yeah. of the magazine. Now, I could I could see if that was the case two years ago or whatever. But Dave, right now, when you got eight out of the top hundred prospects and they're they're getting closer, obviously this thing went to print way before the Hosmer deal got done. But still, when you look at that, and and maybe it's just because we all our our edges are all yeah. a little frayed. 
but yeah, you go eight pages of Angels and Dodgers wow. coverage. You're just like, Jesus Christ, man, when does it end? Yeah, that that's interesting. I have the Vegas odds that were released in front of me as far as what they think the Padres are going to do. Last year, the Padres surprised a lot of people by winning 71 games. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people thought they'd be lucky to win 60. Well, they, they won 71 games. How much better does Vegas think they are? And they are they are listed higher than 71. I just say, yeah. how, much, how much better do you think they are? They Again, you well, get Hosmer and you did a couple things, but how many more wins do you think Vegas gives them? Well, you, you have Hosmer, but you really haven't done anything pitching-wise. No, if anything, you kind of hurt yourself pitching because your number one winner is now playing for the Brewers. Yeah, Shaquin. Um, 74? Close, man. You're always good at this. That's why I like playing the game. Yeah. 73 and a half. Well, yeah, that's yeah. me. Yeah, you can only get to 73 and a half. Yeah, well, you 74. Could have said 73, but I'm just saying, you, you did yeah. good. You did good. So so, so the, even with Hosmer, it's only you know, a two and a half yeah. difference. But still, what do, you, what do you expect is what I keep telling people. Like, you know, ran into Ernie Martinez today. Yeah, it was great. Ernie absolutely loves the Padres as much as you do. And uh, he's he's so excited what's coming, but still it, that doesn't matter. My my point is it's it's what it is this year. And so a- anyway, the the Reds are tied with them, and then the Marlins as far as what's expected. The worst, the one that surprised me in the division is the Giants. The Giants were so bad last year, yeah. and of course they added Longoria and they added um, McCutcheon. Yeah, but they have the Giants at eighty two and a half. Really, that's a huge jump. Well, you get Bumgarner back. Which which should help. I, I don't know where you're at on yeah. Cueto. I, I don't know where Cueto, but I but I I bet more on Cueto than I'd bet on Jeff Samarja. Okay, here's the here's another one that that confused me a little bit because I want to play the game with you. We saw Bud yeah. Black today. Rockies. Rockies had a great season last year. Where do you have the Rockies? And the Rockies helped their pitching out. They got a closer. Yeah, they get, but they had a pretty good one last yeah. year too. That really knew how to how to pitch yeah. in Colorado, Greg Holland. Um boy, they got a lot of bats. They got a lot of bats, don't they? Yeah, I I love that team. Um, as far as watching them offensively, but you always love the Rockies offensively. I'll give you a hint, it's lower than you think, okay? Really? Cuz yes. I would have said 83. Okay. That's funny. You're pretty damn good. 81 and a half. Yeah, so I'm off by a game. Yeah. That's that's yeah. interesting to me. But they have the they have the 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 obviously the Dodgers well, they have the, are the Dodgers top at eighty seven, no Dodgers are the number one team in the National League. Yeah, according to Las Vegas, oh. ninety five point five. Wow. Okay. And so and the, but the Nationals are uh, ninety four point five, and the Cubs are ninety three point five. Yeah, they love the Cardinals as well. To me, Dave, what I what I'm excited about is not so much. Well, I think twenty eighteen will be. It's it's the next step. It might be your. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna call it your sophomore year, okay, in high school, where you're where you're no longer a freshman, you're starting to get your legs under you a little bit, you're starting to understand how things go, but you still have a couple of years before you're the BMOC. Kind of feel that way about the Padres, okay. Now, so much has been made of Quantrill and uh, Tatis and some of the other guys. But for me, I want to see if Anderson Espinosa bounces back. I want to see if Chris Paddock bounces back. Yeah. I want to see some of these guys that got injured, and can they do anything? I don't know where you're at on Robbie Erlin or Colin Ray, but these were guys that, granted, the farm system was non-existent. It was Death Valley. 
But I, I, I want to see, can these guys make any contribution? Yeah. I think it's all pretty safe to say that nobody really expects Chris Young to make this team. But I do think Tyson Ross can make this team, although uh, it feels like it's more of a long shot than maybe we guessed two weeks ago as a starter. But but for the young guys, really Espinoza and Paddock and some of the other guys that were affected when they all went down with Tommy John surgery, are these guys going to be able to come in and be a sustainable part of the growth? Or are they just going to be another in a long list of names that, that the Casey Kellys of the world, right? The other guys that we remember were Joe Wheland, yep. one of these guys, Jesus. right? Yeah. We go... God, these were guys that yeah. we just kept hearing all about, and they just never made it. Man, I was so excited about Anderson Espinosa a year ago. A year ago at this time, he was my number one guy that I, I liked. I liked him better than Quantrill. Yeah. I really they did. He blew his arm up. And then, yeah, and then all of a sudden, he's not even the top 100 of people that they're talking about in the minor leagues. And going, man, I thought he was going to be the guy. It's it's funny how we get tired of guys so quickly before they really even have yeah. a chance to prove themselves, right? Mm-hmm. Travis Janikowski, uh, F that right. guy. Yeah, S- Spangenberg, fucking yeah, right. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, we're this close to doing it with Colin Ray, and he didn't get a chance to do anything last year. Yeah. But we're so Erwin. quick. Yeah, we're so quick to say uh, we don't forget it. We've had enough of that guy. Yeah. yeah, we do it all the time. You're absolutely right. But we have short memories and we have little patience. But if one of those guys pans out, even if you get if you go Colin Ray, Robbie Erlin, Tyson Ross. And we'll put Chris Young in just for fun. Yeah. If you if you get 16 starts out of one of those guys, right, at the back end, you go, shit. If, if we have this conversation in August and one of those guys has made 14, 15 starts, and maybe they're a, a 500 pitcher with an ERA under four, you go, well, you got him for nothing, um, depending on the guy. They're probably not in the plans yeah. for 2019. But Espinosa to me is a guy where we go, what's he going to end up being? Is he still legitimately a guy that could be a number one? Is Paddock a guy that could be in the mix at some point? Carter Caps is Carter a guy. Caps, another guy. Absolutely right. It, it, it is funny how you say, how you go through it. I remember when Colin Ray was called up, we were excited about him. Going, here you go. You got a guy that's a pitcher, supposed to get guys out, supposed to work fast. And then he always had that one bad inning where you're going, okay, yeah. he's doing fine. And then all of a sudden he has the inning where he falls apart. Yeah. It's – um. For me, Chris Young, I almost feel like if you break camp and Chris Young's on your team and he's in your rotation, it's like, fuck, man. You know, are, are we not making progress fast enough? Where are things going? If there's one guy on the Padres that's a veteran that you want to see prove himself in 2018 mm. in the pitching staff, would you, is there a guy that stands up? For me, when you dropped Robbie Erland's name, yeah, I want to see Erland stay healthy and do something. I'd like to see Tyson Ross. I think it'd be great. I think that'd be really cool. Uh, um. Everybody has given up on him. Yeah. And he's still a young guy. But I, I would – now, is he going to be the guy where you go, he comes out, he pitches great, he's effective, right? Wins a few games. Then do you immediately take him and flip him? You flip him to the White Sox? Do you flip him off to uh, the Red Sox or the Yankees looking for pitching one of well, these you teams? Would. You absolutely would. You would end yeah. up – Flipping that guy off this summer in a second. You trade him off if you can get something back in return because he's not going to be part of the long-term process. Yeah, not part of it. So that would be it. But um, overall, I didn't get to see any of the game uh, the other day. And, Did you see Tatis' home run? 
I did not see it. Tatis no. hit an impressive opposite field home run. I think any time that you can go off on a pitch that if he yeah. – let's say he won in a swung, as a broadcaster you would have said, that's a great pitch. And that yeah. guy peppered the outside part of the plate about a half an inch below his knee and go, that is a great pitch right there. And he waited on it yeah. and took it way deep opposite wow. field. It wasn't just one of those he barely connected. He, he crushed it. It's just amazing when you look at not only, of course, his size, his strength at that age is pretty incredible. I love the debate as to when's the right time for all these guys. Because you've seen guys that have come up and been clearly overmatched and never yeah. never got back. Um but but I, I just I love it. I wonder when I wonder, Dave, a year from today what our conversation is. Chase Headley won't be here. Uh whether Freddie Galvis is here, who knows? Yeah. Uh Spangenberg is he still the second baseman? Is Perella and I mean Perella's now taking reps at second so they can get Myers into into right and put Renfro in left, apparently. But but I would love to know what we're talking a year from tonight. Because I think a year from tonight, Hedges is here, Hosmer's here. But then I, I think the rest of the infield's completely open. You want Urias right at second, right? You want Aswahe to to be done next year after this year, be his last year at second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you start. I mean, looking. that's what you want, and you go, man. That's a really young second baseman that seems ready to play. Yeah, and then you're looking at Tatis. Is Tatis going to be your shortstop? All right, then who do we got at third? And, and then you go outfield. Well, Margot will be here, and Myers will be here. But all of a sudden now you, you're filling pieces in. You go, okay, is hopefully Renfro. Now you go, wow, Renfro, Myers, Margot. Pretty interesting outfield. Yeah. Like it. Uh, and then if you go Hosmer, Urias, Tatis, okay, can live with that. Who do we got at third? Hedges. And now what's what's the rotation look like, right? What does the rotation look like a year from now? We know what the bullpen's always going to be. Man, Dave, I, I like it. That's why I say I kind of feel like it's your sophomore year. You're coming into your sophomore year because I think two years from now, not so much 19, but maybe more 2020, which is what we've always talked about. I think 2020 is where you're like, okay, well, now we're here, and now you got to perform. This is what we've been counting down to. 2020 is now here. Let's see what you can do. What if I gave you these three guys next year and you fill them in with the minor league guys next year? Would you feel comfortable? And I guess a lot of it would depend on what you see in 2018. Perdomo, Lamette, and Mitchell. Oh, you know, Mitchell's an interesting guy. I mean, they're, they're They love high. him. They absolutely they love do. the guy, which just seems so so crazy to me. One-on-one with a 5.79 ERA. Yeah, let's see. Uh, Lamette, yeah, I think Lamette will be there. I don't know on Perdomo. I, I don't know Perdomo. I mean, they've been – they like him. They give him a lot of opportunities, but stakes change, man. Stakes change certain quickly. Maybe not so much in eighteen, but in nineteen. You're no longer satisfied. You're no longer yeah. excited being a seventy three win team. You better be I mean, you gotta find a way to increase in the next two years, you need to increase your win total by double digits. And and that's a lot. Tough the, to do. The guy that expects to be on that rotation in 2019, who talks about all the time that he would love to be there this year, but definitely in 2019 is Quantrill. Yeah. Quantrill expects to be in that rotation in 2019. But I think Espinosa plans on yeah. being there in 19, too. And now Lamette, you go, okay. And Mitchell, wow. I mean, all of a sudden you go, all right. 
So I don't have any problem with Ross being a bridge guy. You need Clayton Richard being a bridge guy for right now. Then those guys kind of fall off, and you go, all right, well, let's see what happens next. But Andy Green's going to be here. You know, Preller's going to be here. I like that. You feel like you have continuity. You feel like you have ownership now that gets it. Um, I know a lot was made this week that ownership said they're not going to do any more long-term yep. eight, seven- or eight-year deals. I don't have any problem with that. I don't think we need to immediately read that as they're done spending money. I just think they found the one guy that they're going to lock into a five-year deal with a three-year option in Hosmer. And they said the the business plans have changed, and we're not going to do that anymore. He was a unique case, and we'll do it for him. You have three guys in your lineup this year that could hit 30 home runs for you. I mean, you wouldn't be surprised at all. If Myers did it, he did it last Mm -hmm. year. If Renfro did it, who had 26 last year. And if Hosmer did it, who had 25 last year. Yeah. Like, so you, you expect 30 home runs from each guy. Yeah. Now, maybe it sounds crazy, but baseball is about timely hitting. But if you can get 30 home runs and 100 RBIs from each, from each guy, that's pretty pretty incredible. That's pretty damn good. Now, uh, if I tell you 17 for Hedges? Oh, boy. I don't know. See, I, I, what did I, he hit last year? Hedges hit 18. So the, the, that, doesn't, that doesn't surprise me, that number. But, I mean, you think about it. That's only 18 hits. In 162 games, or as a catcher, let's say 140 games, okay? He stays yeah. healthy. It's his goddamn on-base percentage and his 214 batting average that kill me. I mean, he, he's yeah. a huge rally killer. Yeah. When he comes up to bat, there's not a person that doesn't go, oh, shit. Yeah. Um, and then for as long as he's here, Headley. Headley, to me, is a guy you just want to watch. But Headley is another guy that fits like Tyson Ross. Like Clayton Richard. Same thing. Kind of knows his time is short. Yeah, when things I, get good, he won't. None of those guys are going to be here. No, for sure. I I would expect Clayton Richard to be here throughout the course of the year, unless somebody just looks at him and says spot starter, long relief guy. Yeah, because he's done that. But but for me, Headley is another guy where you go, okay, well, you took that contract on, but he comes back here. It it's really no pressure. You're going to be the everyday third baseman for as long as you're here. Um, is he a 17 home run guy. And we only mention it because I don't know what Solarte hit last year. Solarte had. Solarte at 255, 18 home runs, 64 runs knocked in. All right. So it might be a push, right? Headley may be almost almost across the board on those numbers. But if Headley is on pace for 18 home runs at the All Star break, he's out of here. Yeah. Right? He's gone. Uh, 255 may not help anybody, but if, if he's got a little pop in the bat, he could be gone. Then you get another piece. Yeah, it's crazy, man. What a yeah. crazy life baseball is. It is. Baseball is a crazy life. It was strange watching um, you know, the, the first couple games. I like flipping around. I, I don't know if you're paying attention. You know, I know, obviously, you aren't seeing the, their number one guys early mm-hmm. on. I mean, Clayton Kershaw pitched his first game today for the Dodgers spring training. You're seeing a lot of guys in lineups. You're like, who the F's that guy? And that's the way spring training goes a lot. It was weird seeing the Dodger opening day lineup. I went through every single team, mm-hmm. but it was weird seeing Kemp and then Grindall back-to-back in the lineup yeah. when they were traded for each other. Oh, yeah, And he's sitting there going, Jesus, what the hell? And, of course, Kemp always gets up to a hot start. Had three hits and a home run and three runs knocked in. What are they going to do with him? I, I think it's almost – for the Dodgers, it's good and bad. The Dodgers don't want him. But at the same time, he has to play well enough to, to flip him. There's talk that he could go to the Brewers for Ryan Braun. That they, wow. they, they want Matt Kemp uh, not in a Dodger uniform. They didn't expect to have him in a Dodger uniform. 
But where are the Brewers going to play him? I have no idea because the Brewers now have outfielders galore. You got Kane, you got Yelich. They they completely improved their team. But Braun's got a few years left on the deal, so Braun it could be like the NBA deal. expiring yep. contract type thing, right? Yeah. Look, my my deal is for this team, Dave. I, I love the Wolves. Timberwolves for eighty two straight days have been in the top four in the West. That has never happened. Yeah. And then all of a sudden. Uh, last night or the night before, might have been the night before, uh, non-contact play against the Bulls, and Jimmy Butler goes down with a meniscus tear. Lucky it was meniscus, not ACL. True, true. But how long is he going to be down He could be back. He could be back in less than a month. I mean, which is much better than a year. He's going to be back for the playoffs. I got you, but where you go, a a guy showing Wiggins and Towns and other guys – um, There's an I, interesting stat on that, by the way. When Butler, Towns, and Wiggins are on the court at the same time, they're the yeah. best three in the NBA. Isn't that amazing? The best three. I mean, think about all the stars in the NBA, and you talk about what the Warriors have and everything else. When those three guys are on the court, they're the best three in the NBA. When those guys aren't on the court or one guy's missing, it's the worst combination of anybody in the NBA. I, uh, I'm going – this is what I told my son. My son's birthday is November 2nd. I honestly – I, I heard him giggle today like I've never heard him giggle because I said, you know, I'm getting you for your birthday next year. And he goes, no. And every year for his birthday, he gets clothes and they get some games or video games or whatever. I said, yeah, I'm getting you. I'm telling you right now. I'm getting you NBA League Pass. Cool. I'm getting you NBA League Pass. And wherever I am, we'll have a TV. We'll have a DVR. And you can watch any freaking game you like. And he, I I just, you know what I love about it, Dave? I, I love the fact that my son at age 10 has a passion for something. Yeah. I admire that trait in so many people. But I love Comic-Con. I'm not a comic book guy, but I love people that have a passion for something. And I feel like, not just because of what's happened since the first, I feel like I've lost the ability to have a passion for anything. Bums me out. You start, I, I, you go on a, a string of reading books, and then all of a sudden you just quit, and you're not, you're not motivated to read. And again, it, it doesn't have anything. This isn't impacted by what else is yeah. going on. You start watching TV shows or Netflix, and you find this, and then all of a sudden, like the Letterman and Clooney thing's been out for a month. I haven't watched a minute of it. Um, I, I love when people have a passion. And it's infectious to me. And my 10-year-old son is crazy about the NBA, and he knows the NBA history. His brother and I were out last week, and we stopped into Barnes & Noble uh, just because we are readers. And all of a sudden, I said, hey, I'll be back. I'm going to go just walk around for a minute. I come back, and he's reading on the floor like we all did in the aisle, Indian cross-legged. Can't say Indian style anymore, right? (laughs) even though I don't mean it to be offensive. Um, But he's reading Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's autobiography. Yeah. And he's asking me, you know, how do you pronounce Luel Cinder and all that? These guys have such a passion for for basketball. And and the point on that being is that he was with me last night and we watched the Lakers. And the guy, uh, Caldwell Pope. Yeah. 34 points last night. What do you have, eight threes or something? Yeah. Dave, I wouldn't have paid any. I would not have paid ten seconds 
attention to that a year ago. But there we were last night, just watching the Sacramento Kings and the Lakers, Billy Mack and Stu Lant, and I, I loved cool. it, man. But um, but yeah, I just the NBA is fun. I think the NBA would be great here, and and just anyways, that's how I was able to see about Butler and my yeah. my son at probably knew that stat right there that the three of them are that good. He loved the Carmelo Draymond Green garbage. He yep. thought that was all fun. Yeah, it was nuts. You know, they say that the three things you need to have a happy life are you have to love somebody, you have to have someone that loves you, and you have to have a passion for something. And I know mm. that the, the phrase isn't a passion for it, but that's what you used. But basically, that's to be someone on the planet that loves you. That's to be mm. someone that you care about, you love, and there has to be uh, something that's going to hold your interest. I asked you a lot in the fall because I was just curious because – You've always been an NFL fan. Mm-hmm. The Vikings are playing well. I always ask yeah. you, do you watch today? You know, do you have an interest? And in I was wondering the same thing. I go, is he losing his interest in, in sports? Is he? Where is he at? For me, I used to be a big college basketball fan. It's unwatchable. College yeah. basketball's terrible right now. I, I, I can't watch a game and go, that guy's going to be in the NBA. The, the talent level is so bad, uh, and it's just not fun to watch, not entertaining to me. But I used to love it so much. But I, I still love the NFL. I still love Major League Baseball. I can't wait for opening day, just like always, and, and the NBA. But we've brought this up a few times on the podcast. The NBA right now with young people like your son yeah. is huge. It's it's big story the other day. Yeah, is that right, Mike? Yeah, they're crushing it with younger viewers. Yeah, they are. My my yeah. my son who's who's twenty four, who was a, a college baseball and football player. His favorite sport by far is the NBA. Yeah, they they it's crushing it. Yeah, we had we went. Whatever it's been, three weeks ago, we went and saw it. I had a blast. It was the Clippers right after that trade, so Blake Griffin wasn't there. The Bulls, the only guys I knew, um, uh, Zach Levine played yeah. in that game, but Chris Dunn didn't play. Lori Markinen, who I wanted to see yeah, play, he didn't play. Um, I, I didn't care. I didn't really know a lot of the players. My sons knew pretty much both teams' rosters. Both rosters, yeah. Yeah, like you used to do, like you used to know every baseball roster. We had a blast, man. And all of a sudden I go, God dang, in the right it's not gonna be the Brooklyn Nets, but in the right circumstance, uh again, I believe downtown, I, I think the NBA would be cool that would here. Be awesome. Yeah, I think the NBA would be cool here. And now, um today he said to me we're we're driving around, he goes, I wanna go by San Diego State. I said, okay, we we live two minutes from there. Um, and I'd never really taken him up by the campus. So we went up and we just kind of drove around and he saw Vieja Serena. And he goes, can we go to an Aztec game? And I go, yeah, but wait a minute. How many Aztec games are left? There's not many left, no. right? No. I can't give you the exact number because I haven't paid attention to the Aztecs. But I know so that. Bad, but I yeah, know it's, that it's about over. The conference yeah. tournament starts like March 7th. Um, so I don't know that I'll. Uh, but I, was, I just, I felt yeah. like. Dave, it's the thing that makes me the most crazy is wasted opportunity. And you're so close. What about Aztec baseball? Would you ever take them over there? Well, it's funny. They today had a tournament going on. Michigan was playing somebody, and then the Aztecs were playing Grand Canyon. They played well. They played Grand Canyon today. Yesterday, they played the number four team in the nation, Arkansas. Those SEC schools are pretty good. But you had the number four team, and Arkansas pulled it out in the ninth. And then the night before, they had Arizona. So you had quality baseball teams here. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Cause college and it's long. Those games yeah. are long, oh. man. They're too many damn signs. They're they're four and a half hour games. Yeah, I mean, they, too they, much. They, I'm, I went to the home opener and uh, at the, I'm to very, the Aztec home opener. Now, how long yeah. have they been going? 
they started last Friday, not this okay. Friday, the Friday before. But I'm okay. very proud to say I have five kids that I coached oh, yeah. that are on the Aztecs this year. Oh, I like that. Okay. And, and uh, you, you know Julian uh, sure. Escobedo, the center fielder, real well. So he's a leadoff hitter, plays center field, which is jersey that. number one. So he's uh, he's there, and of course, uh, you go to the games. But he, here's the situation, all right? As a baseball fan, every sign takes at least 30 fucking seconds. Come on. Okay, so base is loaded. Yeah. Number four hitters up, two out, three, two count. Now the batter has to turn around and look at the what? coach. Yeah. Look at Mark Martinez who's in the dugout for 30 seconds. Come on. I'm like, dude, it's point at him and go, fucking either swing at it or don't. Yeah. What are we looking for 30 seconds for? Jesus the first inning Christ. took an hour and 10 minutes. Oh, my God. That's what I was yeah. like. I only paid for four hours of parking. But it's. Oh, it, yeah. Isn't that funny? Yeah. And you're sitting there going, holy shit, man. Let's play the game. Rhythm of play. Let's go. What the, what are the tickets? I don't even the, know. The Arlene, if you, well, I tell you what. If you ever want to go to a game, call me and I'll get you in for free. But if oh, you want to good. take your kids, you just have to pay for parking. Yeah, the tickets are about six to eight dollars. Oh, that's that's yeah. cool. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, um, they're much more into basketball, and they really they they like. They definitely got this trait from me. They like the idea of being in a new building. Like yeah. they've heard about Vieja Serena now. They have been in the sports arena. They've been to Petco Park. They've been to they skated at Honda Center, which was pretty that cool. That is cool. Um, and they've been to Staples. So that's cool. Not bad yeah. for where they are. Um, but they're excited. They want to go to VA House Arena. So um yeah, I told them today. I go, yeah, we're gonna figure that out. Yeah. We'll figure that out, get it going. Um all right. I have not heard anything as far as tomorrow being the launch of Ninety-seven three. Now, I had people from inside the intercom building <laughs> yeah. tell me that the machine that tomorrow was the day they were going to go. I, I set ninety-seven three as a preset, so when you hit scan and it stops there, God, that, I just that music gives me a headache. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not into uh, techno. No, but you're like no, okay. it, no, was, uh, no one else is either when you look at the San Diego audience. Yeah. But um, have you seen anything? I haven't heard anything except from what you're telling me. I've not heard anything at all of what's going on. Yeah. The lineup for sure. You know, I mean, it doesn't sound like a lot of people are in denial of things either. But if it goes tomorrow, it's kind of strange that they would go tomorrow with no fanfare fair at all. I, I just. So it's, again, very strange. I mean, the story came out the other day that Jim Rome's not going to be on the radio in San Whoa. Diego after How three days. How about that? Yeah. How about that? I thought I thought that whole thing was pretty crazy. You called it. You said Jim Rome's on his way out. Yeah, because you, when you have people that have said for a while, are you looking at the men twenty five fifty four numbers for Rome? That's the key demo. If you are a man in the age group of twenty five to fifty four, that's who they're tracking, and he has done terrible. Yeah, terrible. And has had a big impact overall on 1090. And so they announced, that's funny. Yeah, they announced that it was going to be the Dan Lebetard show. Whatever night, what night did we do a podcast? We did a podcast Thursday. Thursday. Okay, Thursday was the one we did. So then Friday, the next day, they announced he's out. And they were supposed to go to the Dan Lebetard show tomorrow. Well, then social media got involved and they're like, hey, um, as a tribute to an icon, we're going to run him through the end of the month. We go, well, that's three days. <laughs> Lawyer in blue jeans on more often than Jim Rumble. So tomorrow and Tuesday and Wednesday 
will be Rome. And then I'm assuming on Thursday, uh, it'll be Dan Levitard. This is all at 1090. Yep. But Which means he's on delay because his show starts at 7 in the morning. Yeah, right? God dang, man. God dang. I, that to me is, that's always a risk. It is a risk. We, and I say it because we did it at 1360 with Dan Patrick. And you may not get burned every day, but when we used to run Dan at 9 to noon or, or we'd run him noon to 3, too many instances where, hey, coming up at some point today, we're going to hear an announcement on blank. And, yeah. that's, and the announcement happened two hours earlier. And it just, God, it's a turnoff to people. But, um, you know, there was a bunch of stuff being said on social media going round and round. And then Mike Glickenhaus, who runs the station, came out and said, look, I've known Jim 25 years. He's he's killing us ratings-wise. And Mike wrote, we should have done it a year ago. And I was just like, wow, you, yeah. you never see anything like that. But it's it is a business Remember what Eric Grubman said. Don't get emotional. You have to do things. You are in a results-driven business. You have to have results. You can't, you just can't rest on your, your legacy. But, but at some point, I think. What do you think the turnoff is? You as a listener, what do you think the turnoff is? Why is Rome all of a sudden not relevant in Los oh, Angeles I'll, or San Diego? Uh, uh, the callers. And that's his fault because he yeah. just goes to people that basically do an impression of him. It's funny. I was out with Darren on Friday and uh, I said to him, I said, man, you know, I hate to give you credit for anything, especially after he, he retweets out Thursday's podcast, which I thought was, it was cool. very nice of him. And he said, you, and then he wrote, uh, you might as well listen to this one because I think they've peaked. With his podcast. That's what he said. Okay. Like, yeah. So I was like, Jesus. So uh, we we went out on Friday, but I, but we were just bullshitting, talking about different things in radio. And I said to him, I go, man, you know what? I go, where you deserve credit is he was really one of the first guys that I remember locally that said, we're not doing calls. We're just not doing calls. And here's why. Here's why. Calls can work, and here's why calls can't work. Calls work when you have a guy like Pete and Point Loma. Pete and Point Loma, to me, I loved because he was passionate, he's smart, he cares, uh, and he he just brought a little energy, and he was fun, and you could engage with him. He was quick on it. He still is. Yep. I'm not, Pete, I'm not talking about you like you're in past tense, but... um but you could engage with him and have a couple of minutes and get him in, and it was fun. And, and I like that. Then when calls didn't work is when you had Vera. Hey, hey, David, Jeff. And you're just like, oh, God. You know what we should have done with Vera? We should have pulled the Howard Stern move. I wish we would have done it. I would not well, have fucked did, her. No. Dave, no. <laughs> Again? Fucked her? The Academy Awards move. Vera would have been the perfect one to play off the stage. That's the one. Yes. that's the one radio thing that oh, I'm going. God. Fuck! How did we miss that? We're usually sharp. But we both watch the Academy Awards every year. Yes. Damn it. But you know what's funny, and I owe, and you do too. You owe everybody in this audience an apology because <laughs> I didn't realize until I heard him on the air the other day. 
just how much of an e-break Kevin in La Mesa is until he's on the air. And I heard him on the air. I think I think Kaplan had him on. Okay. But just as the caller just punched him up. And you go, oh, my God, this was a guy that would call in during the stadium and would give all these long-winded things, and you and I would just get shredded. Get this asshole off the air. And and I was just like, ah, whatever. Everybody's opinion matters. No, it doesn't. And and so that was the point that I made Darren the other night yeah. was I said, and he was a solo host at the point. Like if anybody would say, hey, let me have a crutch of a call, give me a break, take a drink of water, figure out what I'm going to do, it should be a solo guy. And when he said, no, yeah, no, we're, we're not doing this anymore. Um, that, that was pretty good. You just don't, you just don't get enough. You just don't get enough. There's not enough Pete and Point Lomas to make it work. You know where the callers work the best? Obviously, are post game shows. They work oh, the yeah. best yeah, because yeah, yeah. they're passionate and they think they have the answer. Even and they're probably a little liquored up. Yeah, they are. And and the best was when we used to do those Padre ones. I used to love it where people always question something Boach would do. Yeah, well, the guy's going to the fucking Hall of Fame. But baseball is the most fun to do that to second yeah. guess. There's nothing like second guess hindsight being 2020 of a, a baseball move of going to a reliever, pulling a guy out, or pinch hitting here, and everybody can play the game. Baseball's mm-hmm. an easy game to do that. Whereas in the yeah. NFL. You and I have watched the NFL for our entire life. I can't call one offensive no. play. I can't go in there and give the terminology of an offensive play. It's, no. a, it's a whole foreign language. I don't know. Yeah, I couldn't do a hockey yeah. post-game show. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean I mad and my move is, is play-action fake and throw to all gates. Day. Throw to gates all day long. <laughs> on that little. <laughs> but that's not what they say in the huddle. No, They're on the button go, hook. Yeah. <laughs> Where he runs to the sideline? Yeah, I'm just- just follow but uh, they haven't used that term school? since the 80s. Yeah. But it's it's so fucking funny that Philip Rivers is never in the huddle saying, yeah. hey, we're going to play action fake on three. I'm going to throw it to Gates. That's, yeah. There's a whole terminology to it. Yeah. Setting a blocking schemes and where the receivers are standing. Yeah. and it, People don't understand. But baseball is easy to do it. And that's where yeah. the callers come in and it works well with the callers. Um, I, I, should, I should say this in regards to callers. Callers don't work on a morning radio show. They just don't. Morning drive, they don't work. What if you're playing War of the Roses? Uh, oh, God, I heard a great one the other day. <laughs> I heard a great one the other day. Um, call, no, morning drive. God, morning drive in this town is so bad. Now Jesse Lozano does good news. Uh, what the fuck are we doing here, for Christ's sake? Come on. Stop it. And here's your good news radio. Yeah, well, that's awesome. Doesn't make the commute go by any faster. But uh, calls do not work in AM drive unless you really had a unique situation. You have to have a really good producer knows who to put on there. True. Because the only one that knows what the guy's going to say. And the midday, all those stage calls, reading it from a script from Rome show, we the audience caught up to it. Yeah. The audience was like, I heard this on Monday and I heard it on Tuesday. And you go, yeah, it's just not there. But, Dave, you're right. The one thing that I've said, and I think I've said it here, the thing to me that I would love at some point to do, and probably that window's closed or is closing fast, is to do an old-fashioned nighttime call-in show. Because... The people that roam the streets yeah. at night. Yeah. The truck drivers are great, too. Listening to the radio, 
they have stories to tell. The guy in the commute that coaches his daughter's soccer team, nobody cares. But that guy lurking in the shadows that knows me, but I don't really know him, and he finds a way to call in, and we punch him on the air. You'll you'll understand this. This, to me, is the... I, 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 I used to talk to MMA fighters about this all the time. Boxers, too. And I would say to them, I will never experience the energy of walking to the cage. Take, take, take me down that path. What are you thinking? Now, I got to do it as an official a couple yeah. times, and that was pretty scary, and I wasn't fighting anybody. But when you're going and the music's playing, yeah. and there's 12,000 people in the MGM Grand, and you know that you're fighting Brock Lesnar, and and you're like, here I go. I'm basically naked. What what does that feel like? I, I I'm an adrenaline guy. I yep. love hearing adrenaline stories about how it works. But I was talking uh, again to Darren about it the other night, and he said something, Dave, and and you'll you'll understand this. We were talking about the energy of being on the radio. And the thing that I wish all of you could experience from our world is the day when there is something going on. Oh, yeah. And the music starts to play. You have no script. There is no script. And as Darren said, your thumb, it's it's not thumbs up. Your thumb is sideways. The music is playing, and we all do this. <clears throat> you just yep. kind of you turn your head away from the mic. You're you're re- you're ready to hit on, <clears throat> and let's go. Yeah, and it's just the time between that quick little clearing of the throat, and when your thumb is sitting there and you're ready to hit that on button. That for me in in my professional life is the greatest adrenaline. Oh, that is the button lights up. And it's, it's but when time. it's it's just yeah. the minute like, he said it, no, Darren said it to I, me, I, I, and I he do the said the same thing. I do exactly everything you just said. I clear my throat. <clears throat> I do that just like you said, and and I push a button and I see that light go bright. I'm like, yeah, right, it's, it, this is what I'm talking about. All right, that's why Mondays were great when you had an NFL team. Yeah, because we had a lot to say. Post games, yeah, it was a lot to say. It was a it was a good time. Monday mornings to me were better than the post games because you knew you had a bigger audience, and it was it was. Oh, just, that's funny. I like the post games more. Do you really? I like. I like the post games more. Um, the night they lost to the Jets, and Rosie and I did it from Qualcomm. Yeah, and he was like, "Whoa!" And I said, "Dude, let's go. This is it, man. Because this town's gonna lose their shit <laughs> in about a minute, and it's you and me that got to figure out a way to yeah. to 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 just guide them." Yeah. That's awesome, though. I mean, that 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 is ninety eight yeah. World Series. We yeah. talked about it yeah, here. That's what I was going to say. That's when the- Brian Cashman admitted today, which I thought yeah. was so great, so great. Brian Cashman's like, "Yeah, it was a strike," <laughs> and we may have poisoned the food. And he, yeah, he admitted that. He goes, "Kevin Brown had food poisoning, Steinberg, the whole deal." But it would have been great if he would have said, and he did say that yeah, that was a strike. We would have just held up his World Series ring at the time. Yay! Hey, but I got one of these. <laughs> <laughs> um. 
But no, you're right. It's it's a it's a crazy rush. I told you for me, I was such a shy kid growing up that every time we did a radio show, I yeah. I've never performed on Broadway, I've never been an actor. Couldn't do that. But it's that rush. It's yeah. that rush that you get as as I tell my kids, one of the best things in life is when you can surprise yourself. Like yeah. you ever your behavior all of a sudden goes, Man, I didn't expect that for myself. Yeah. But I'm glad that happened. Yeah. That's how I felt every day on the radio. There wasn't one day I was on the radio that I didn't want to be there. When it, when it was over, I, I had that rush because I, I beat my biggest fear every single day. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah, it's fun. Um, but but that's it. But that would be, for me, where callers did work. I, I, sh- I shouldn't have said it with a, with a broad brush that callers don't work. I, I don't feel like, I feel like the Rome model was great. Like the Hacksaw, Hacksaw model was great model. at one point. The first time I ever heard it, by the way, with no callers, was when ESPN started running weekends on True. 690. And yeah. I was like, where are the callers? I thought it was so strange But to they hear. usually had two guys or, or three yeah, guys, did. right? And a couple of guests coming Still, in. Still, it was so unusual from Chet and Steve and Hacksaw that you was going, man, yeah. this is so different than anything I've ever heard. How, when, when are the callers coming on? Now, I never kept thinking. Now, again, I don't know because there's a science to it. That may be why... The sports talk stations do not quite have the impact that they used to have. Because if you feel like it's not, you know what you have in Nick. You know what you have in Judd. You know what you have in Scott BR. You get where I'm going. But maybe it was, even though I believe from, from an entertainment standpoint, that from the main day parts, from 6A to 6P, callers don't matter. It's hard to argue the fact that they're the two last place for for yeah. people twelve plus. They're the last place English speaking stations. Dave, I don't know. I, I I would love to know from people that are a lot smarter than us on that if that coincides. If people liked it more when there was an energy of call in yep. and and passion and talking, because they take calls on WFAN. Yeah, they and do. they're doing well. Does and, EI take calls? Oh God, yeah, yeah. yeah. In Boston, hell yeah, man, and and maybe that's it. I I don't know, and it's probably a little too inside baseball. But, um, anyways, that that's just to bring it back to yep. Rome. So now we'll find out what happens. We'll find out what happens. They still haven't really technically replaced Big Sills, and and I don't know what they're gonna do. Where are you gonna go mornings? Uh, Lebetard is probably a better fit because it's. I haven't heard a lot of it, but people that have said that is a very entertaining show. It's a much better show than it was when you and I were in Arizona for the Super Bowl a few Ooh. years ago. We look at each other and go, this show is horseshit. Because he kept bragging about everyone's in Arizona, but I'm too smart to go to the Super Bowl. I'm like, it's the yeah. biggest event of the year. What are you bragging about? Yeah. But the fact, I'll flip on at 7 o'clock in the morning, and it's 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 uh, Lebertard and Stu Gatz, and Stu Gatz is a funny guy. I think you're going to like now, him. No, is that his... How, what? He's, Help me out with Stu Gatz. Stu, Stu Gatz is he's actually not a dumb guy, but he's uh, he's a, he's a sidekick guy. So it's but is that his is his first name Stu? No, it's not. It's uh, do you remember in um, do you remember in The Sopranos, Tony Soprano named his boat the Stu Gatz, and it was Stu oh. Gatz too. Stu Gatz means stupid, dumb. Gotcha. It's, an Itali- okay. it's an Italian term. 
Okay, but he's good. not even Italian. The guy's Jewish. Oh, good. He's, he's, okay, <laughs> gotcha. But, but but they gave him the they gave him the names to guts. There are more people on the show. There are about four other people. You just don't usually hear their voices very much. It's it's okay. basically a levitard, and if you got to something to say or talk directly to, he jumps in, kind of like Howard's Robin. Okay. That's kind of what it is. Gotcha. But it's Lebertard show. It's it's a smarter show. And yeah. we, we spoke a lot about that. But the, the fact that Rome to me was a dumbed down show. Colin Coward's a smart show. Mm-hmm. I was disappointed Louis C.K. was one of the guys that went bad in, in Hollywood because I thought Louis C.K.'s comedy was smart comedy. You mm-hmm. know, it's not easy to be smart and be funny at the same time. I, I admire guys whose brains work that way. And for yeah. me, it said Rome. He just let guys imitate himself to the point it drove him right into the middle, of the, right into the ground. So you wonder if the middle part of the country is the kind that's going to stay with him. Are those is that his audience from now on? I would like to see. I would like to see, ten ninety, come back. It would. I've been thinking about it's it. Too too big of a signal not to. I mean, how can you fail with that big signal? I would. I would like to see them bounce back. I would. I think it's good. I think I would like to see um, 91X. We we need our... Look, I know we're changing to a Pandora world or Spotify or whatever else, podcast. Um, but I, I feel like it's, it's cool when you have stations that matter in town. And they still... KFI still matters in L.A., KNBR matters yep. if you go to the Bay Area. And I don't know right now where you go, well, what station matters here? What, where are we? 91X used to mean something. It did. 91X KGB was such a big, something. popular station. So when KGB, that you knew. When I lived in Los Angeles before I was yeah. ever in San Diego, I knew yeah. 91X. Yes. Yeah, Steve I, West, yes. Brian Jones. Yeah. Uh, Cantori was an impact guy at 91X. KGB, for me personally, uh, with Berger and Prescott, John Leslie, Sudelaney. Um, God damn, I, I, I love Bob and Coat. That show sounds 95 years old when I listen to that. It just, it's not, uh, again, it's nothing personal against two of the nicest people you'll ever meet. That just does not sound like they're they're talking to the fake President Trump guy and Coe's over the top laugh and, and you go, Coe, I've known you 25 years. You don't <laughs> laugh like that. Um Co shouldn't be on a morning show. Here's why. I believe Co should be doing middays uh, or afternoon drive or whatever. Not having to be shoehorned into trying to be, hey, crazy, wacky morning personality. Co's incredibly music knowledgeable. She's iconic in this town. She's meant a lot. And I feel like they have her shoehorned in a bad spot. Um, just just do it. But, but Dave, what it comes back to is we're better as a market when, when iconic stations are, are humming. Um, I feel like from a sports talk standpoint, Kaplan and Darren are, are strong. They, they, should, they should be positioned in roles wherever you put them. Put one in mornings and one wherever the hell else they want to go. But I would like to find a way, whether it's Levitard or whoever else it is, coach at night, do do whatever you got to do. But I'd love to see that station bounce back. I do. I, I had issues there with Mike Shepard. So yep. what? 
I, I don't cheer against 1090. I don't look at 1360 and go, 1360 is going to be, we need, if we're going to come back as a sports town, we need a fucking iconic sports station. That's the one. We need to find a way, in, instead of shredding them on Twitter, we got to find a way to, to kind of help them find their way back. Don't you feel, uh, when you talk about the three main avenues right there, whether it's 1360, 1090, and even the newspaper, that it's almost like everyone seems out of gas all of a sudden. That all of a sudden there's no energy, there's no yeah. urge, there's no, there's no nothing well, ram it down your throat to be great. I mean, let's talk about real quick. Ten ninety. They got the mm-hmm. best signal going. You just mentioned two hosts. Well, that's a lot of time to fill. That two hosts that do a total of what six hours a day. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of time that's open there. You you got to find something else besides a national guy who shows on tape. You got to find another local guy that's going to kill it. Can uh, you do? You 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 absolutely do. You just do. Can they find, and, and I'm I'm just asking, we do everything here. Can they find a way to make money if they put Coach back at night? I don't know what Coach was doing at night. I, I, I know if, if Coach was doing almost like, I hate to say it, like, we'll say kind of like his high school thing, mm-hmm. plus the, the feel-good stories that I know he loves to do, mm-hmm. Coach is always going to have that audience. Everybody loves Coach. We saw Coach today. Everybody loves Coach. He's dying to go back on the radio. Yeah. You know, but how much money do you actually make at night? That's the big thing. We always know you, radio stations don't make a lot of money at night. You make your most money in drive time, whether it's afternoon or morning. And even middays now are big because traffic's become huge. And you have so many salespeople that are in their cars all the time. We, we know that middays work. Yeah. But, but is, is Coach a midday guy? Those are decisions for other people. I'd love to see Coach get back on there. I'd love to see him do something that he enjoys doing. But you have to have another local host. It's the Cilio thing, again, I don't know Dan for shit. I'm just saying you brought a guy 3,000 miles away to come here and end up doing uh, doing a local show. Well, then he has to come accustomed to the market, and then if you started to accept him, he quit on you. He left. So now you're going to start all over. You're going to start with another guy 3,000 miles away. That's not what San Diego wants. I've been here since 89, and sometimes I don't mm. feel like I'm a San Diegan. Yeah, I just I feel like um, I feel like we're an industry, even though we're doing podcasts and we're 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 outside of that bubble. I still look at that and I care about it so much that I feel like they're on life support. I feel like it because they've gotten away from cultivating new talent. There's nobody right now that you look at and you go, well, that guy um, is the future of radio in San Diego, AM or FM. Yeah. There's a kid that we worked with um, at iHeart. I think it was on 933. Nathan Fast. Yeah. Remember that guy? Yeah. And you go, super guy, good looking kid, so he could he could go over and do TV, charismatic, good on the air, uh, team guy, just got it. And you go, that guy's gonna be the future. Yeah. This is the guy. Now, I don't know that he had um say the personality of uh Rickards or anybody else that you want to think of morning drive wise. He he was kind of more down home southern guy, but you go okay that that's really the guy. When I look at thirteen sixty, and I look at ten ninety, I don't see I I see the guys that we know in Steve and Mike and Nick and Judd, but where are the guys that are going to be driving that ship in ten years? And why isn't management doing anything? To say we're going to extend the life of this station by 10 years because we're going to want to hear the way John Lynch Sr. did 
Yeah, he did. Tw- 25 years ago or whatever it was when he f- realized his update guy in Jim Rome uh, and Joe Titino on a night show put together magic. Mark Willard was a sports update guy on 690. Yeah. You know, he get, you got a chance. You got a chance to be behind the microphone. You get your heart rate down a little bit. You move it. Even the doctor, John Jelesnik, he got yeah. a start during the summer. Then he got some some shows. got some shows. John Jelesnik. Yeah, you had guys who had a chance to see where they were going. Just almost like you started the show with with Theo. They knew they had something with Theo because they saw yeah. it when he was young. So where are those guys? Yeah. I mean, I, I look at it and I go, FM-wise, I don't know that, that Frankie V, is. he's got to be mid-30s, I think is probably safe. But Kogo has nobody that you go, okay, the future of talk radio in this, KFMB is all syndicate. I, I mean, I think Mike Slater, but there's nobody, Dave, and that that to me is concerning. Yeah. Whether whether you and I are doing this for the next twenty years or not, your shit, man. They're just they're just letting it die off. They're just letting it die off. So that's why I I just kind of I find myself cheering um, for certain stations, but I think from a sports station standpoint, the best one for longevity to find their way could be ten ninety. And and I just I don't know I don't know how they do it. But the I big thing they is they it. have the signal behind it. You know what I mean? You you have all the tools to be successful. You just got to put the right guys. They the ha- they have the signal and they have the reputation yeah. of being who they were. We'll see what happens. Absolutely. Hey Jeffrey, one of those guys. You're tired of coming home every day. You're hating the way your yard looks. Guess what? You call the people over at Barkley Landscape Incorporated. Those guys will take care of you. Ryan and Scott, his dad, been in business for 35 years. Look, here's the deal uh, before I go on with anything else. It's free estimates. you got to yeah. give these guys a call. What are you waiting for here? You're, you know the situation. Those are where it's going to rain a lot in the next couple of weeks. Okay, well, spring is just around the corner, so what are you going to do? Do you like the way your yard looks? The answer is probably no. And yeah. if you say it's okay, but it's not great. There aren't too many people who are in love with the yard. Why aren't you in love with the yard? Now's the time to make your yard look the way you dreamed it would look. And if you can't picture it yourself, Ryan will come to your house. He'll tell you exactly what he sees and what he would do. Again, 35 years. They've seen it all. They know what the latest trends are and the direction you should go with your yard. 619-669-8000. 619-669-8000. It's incredible. I would have never thought about this until yesterday. And Ryan immediately popped into my head. And Dave, you say it when you come home and you look and your yard doesn't look well. You know who absolutely needs to write down that number? And the next number that we're going to tell you about, it's the people that are selling houses right yep. now. The curb appeal, where you go, you you see those shows where the guys come in and they flip the thing, right? They put the new, uh, beautiful new appliances in, they paint it, they change it all up, and they go, Dave, I'm driving because it's what I'm doing now. I'm driving around La Mesa, and I'm looking for where my next neighborhood is going to be. And I thought about Barkley because I'm driving, and here's a guy with a first sale sign in his yard, and the grass and the clover and the weeds had to be shin high. And I looked at it, and you go, shit, man. Yeah. That That is probably, I don't know, for Ryan and his team, an hour fix that would have changed everything. Yep. And I didn't. Dave, I couldn't tell you the color of the house. I couldn't tell you what street I was on. I looked at it and I go, that is awful. And you go, it sucks. Where if you are getting ready to sell, 
and look, we get it right now. Believe me, I get it. it it's a seller's market out there. But you want to move your house quick? Call Barkley yeah. and say, hey, man, you know what? Let me invest a little bit of dough. I'm going to make it back on the sale. But it's going to go great, and the guy coming in is going to be like, dude, I bought a place that looked great. I didn't buy a place with a bunch of cobwebs. Yeah, give him the number. Absolutely. The number, again, for Ryan directly, 619-669-8000, 619-669-8000. Brian Curry, of course, he's the guy guy that's your guy right there. As you heard Jeff say earlier, he's going to help him out. Brian Curry is the guy, real estate in San Diego. If you're buying, you're selling, you're looking for your newest place to live, Brian Curry is your guy. He's been doing it for 20 years. 20 years, extremely successful. He knows all of San Diego. You you figure out where you want to live, Brian will tell you what he thinks of the area, where it's going, what are the chances prices go down, prices go up. But Brian Curry is your guy. His number, 619-251-1588. I was telling friends the other night about the synergy that we have and, and how much it means to you and to me that if you buy a house with Brian Curry, you're going to get a, land, uh, a gift certificate to either Happy Plumbing or Barkley Landscape. Then you're going to have Cali Comfort Ribs on move-in day. I just, all that stuff, I, I just think is fantastic. But but let me just say this. Um, it, it is a incredibly difficult time for me. I can't tell you what it meant to me to have Brian Curry reach out to me as he did um, he's not only an advertiser on the podcast, he's a friend. And yeah. he said, hey, man, I got you covered. I got you covered. Whether you're renting right now, whether you want to buy, because my kids go, here's what I'm dealing with. I want to be in the path of my kids walk home. I mentioned this the other day, between school and where my wife is. But they're currently in fifth grade. There's three and a half months left in the school year and then they'll have sixth grade and then it's off to middle school well the middle school is at i don't know half a mile away and i dave i've lived in la mesa now for 12 years i know two areas my house and where i used to live by lake murray where i used to live by lake murray doesn't fit the bill for what i'm looking for because my kids can't get up there in a minute and when Curry reached out to me and said, I got you covered. Get get a couple of things squared away, and then you and I will figure it out. Cool. Man, that, that's what he does for me, but it's also what he's going to do for you. When you are buying a house and it is such a big decision and you are thinking about all of a sudden now the things that I'm thinking about. Uh, is the neighborhood safe? Do I have covered parking? What is the storage like? Then I have to think from a 10-year-old kid, is there a basketball hoop nearby? Um, Freeway access so I can get to work. All the things that I haven't had to think about for the last 10 years are now back front and center, and it can get overwhelming. But when you have a guy who's done it at the highest level, as Dave said, for 20-plus years, man, I I just can't tell you what a weight off the world it's been, uh, weight off my shoulders it's been. I thank Brian for his help, and we'll we'll see where we go. Absolutely. Brian Curry, a full-service broker with access to the best professionals in the mortgage business, home inspection, home services, title, various contractors, other home service, service providers. Again, Brian Curry is your guy, 619-251-1588. Again, Brian really uh, has been great working with the both Barkley Landscaping and, of course, Happy Plumbing. 
because you oh, know yeah. when you go in a house, you want to make sure everything's working great. Barkley kind of takes care of the outside. You go, it looks good enough to go on the outside. I never know what's going on in the inside. It's kind of like when you when you buy a car. Yeah. It looks great from the outside. You don't know what's going on under the hood. Guess what? The guys that go under the hood are the guys over at Happy Plumbing. Blake's your guy. Blake is the guy, again, with free estimates. What do you have to lose? 24-hour service. They're going to charge you for traveling. They're going to charge you for uh, overcharges, things that they didn't see happening. Happy Plumbing is the way to go. 619-433-4943. Again, 619-433-4943, but I recommend the website, happyplumbing.com. Well, what I'm going to find out is where I'm staying right now, it's amazing, Dave, how quickly the water can go from scalding hot, right, to ice cold in a second. And it's just a temporary situation for me, and it's great. But the other thing I I keep thinking about is when when I'm driving around, the first thing that I'm going to do is have Blake come out and and take advantage of that $99 drain cleaning. Any drain. Any drain. Where you just go, okay, look, this thing may be fine, but I don't want to stand in a shower, in a brand new shower where you go, this is it, and all of a sudden in a month, here comes Ron Jeremy's back hair. (laughs) That's not going to get it done for me. I'm just going to be like, dude, before I even... And moved in when they give me the key. Yeah. I'm going to spend that hundred bucks and be like, dude, just please go in there and buff that thing out. So, and I'm not a yeah. germ freak, but it's, again, I am in a completely different world than I've been used yeah. to. And I, I couldn't be more stoked that these three guys are family to us and they all are. But to have them come in, I'm going to be like, all right, Blake, here's my, and Dave, the free estimate thing that you mentioned. Look, I need water pressure. God, I hate brushing your teeth and it feels like you have no water. Or I hate shaving and you feel like you have no hot water. Yeah, you can't rinse out your shaver. Yeah, makes you crazy, right? And then all of a sudden you're like, dude, clean the drains, double check. Let's make sure this is working, that's working, the whole thing. Free estimate. What's it going to cost me to have you go through the whole place, write the check, be done with it, and feel like when you move in like I'm going to in a couple of weeks – that the place has been buffed out by the best. Again, happy plumbing, upfront flat rate pricing, never an overtime charge, no travel charges, courteous, uniform professionals, and again, they're licensed and insured. The number happy plumbing, 619-433-4943. All right. Uh, the other thing that I need to find, you know, I miss the most. I, I mean, I miss my kids more than I can explain. Yeah, I really fucking miss right now my fucking direct TV. Really? God damn, man. That Spectrum is shit. <laughs> oh, they're just shit. Okay, explain this to me okay. if, you're, if you're a Spectrum customer. So, I told you, my my two sons and I are at uh, Cali Comfort last night. We're watching uh, the UFC. Talked about it. You used to have a passion for the fights. We just kind of shrugged it off. It kind of sucks. Um, but my son loves the Warriors. So the Warriors and Oklahoma City game is going on. Yeah. But we're all getting tired, and it's near the end of the third quarter. And I said, look, I, I taped it. I, I have the game on the DVR at the house. So he goes, okay, great. So we drop his brother off, and now we head back. And I go, and I fire up the DVR. I have one fucking thing on there. I have the Warriors game. So now when you are looking at the remote, it's a new remote. But it looks like it's from 1978. It's got these crazy, <laughs> big, oversized buttons for Spectrum. Yeah. 
And right in the middle, Dave, like you have on DirecTV and everything else, uh, you have a pause button, you have a rewind button, you have a play button, and you have a fast forward button. So I'm like, well, we're both getting tired, but he wants to see the end of the game. So I go to hit fast forward and nothing fucking moves. No way. Fuck. <laughs> so I hit uh, fast forward again, and now I'm noticing that at the top, uh, the icon for DVD is flashing red. Well, I'm not. I'm like, well, what the fuck's that doing? Yeah. I'm not playing DVDs here. Fast forward, boom, no. So now I reset the box. I reset the box, this fucking horseshit Spectrum box, because they suck. I reset the box. My poor kid's yawning. He just wants to watch his team, right? Yeah. And uh, we fucking go reset the box. Everything's set. We go to hit that fucking fast forward button and nothing. Nothing moves again. I go, I'm going to fucking hit this thing with a hammer. I'm not going to go Ello style, but I'm going to hit the, <laughs> I'm going to hit it with a hammer. It takes me 15 minutes, and I finally realize that up above, there is, you know, the main select button, right? Select, everything okay, yeah. right, that and you, you have hit? you push it to get to whatever the part you need, right? Instead of DVD. No. Okay. You well, were I wrong. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Okay. Yeah. All I know is my DirecTV is working great. Yeah, I bet it is. Up above this, there's an up arrow. There's a down arrow below it. There's an arrow to the left for the select OK, and there's an arrow to the right. I've always believed those arrows were used to get you through the guide. Up, down, left, yeah. 11 o'clock, 1130. No, according to Spectrum, that's going to work as our... Well, fuck the fast forward button, Dave. Let's use this button as our fast forward button. I said, you got to be fucking kidding me with this bullshit. Who signed off on this shit? <laughs> and I just sat there and you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> now, luckily, I figured it out just by trial and error. But I'm like, God damn. The thing about La Mesa is we are not Spectrum. But if I can't. I remember the one place that I lived. You have to be able to. I think you have to face southeast. You have to have a clear shot southeast to hit that satellite. Oh, and if you so, Curry, Brian, <laughs> that's your big thing. Wherever, dude, it is because you get the East Coast feed from certain channels like TNT yep. and TBS. That makes the difference. But it's just, God damn, man. I, I don't know. Everybody's pissed, right? Because Cox goes up and Spectrum goes up and UVerse and Dish and all of them. It, it's, just, it's just fucking worth it. It's yeah. just worth it to, uh, to have DirecTV. And you sit there. I got a new TV. I got a new LG TV that I, I've never had anything from LG. Yeah. So far, it's worked fine. Um, I haven't been there that much, but it's, it's great. But I'm just like, I, I'm... Spectrum sucks. <laughs> um, so I miss my DirecTV. Yeah. I miss it because you go, I just, I know where everything yeah, was. Every channel memorized. You get it all yeah. figured out. You could set up the guide the way you want it, the whole thing. Yeah. So that's the one thing where you go, shit, I got to get that. Do you, do you utilize that on your oh, guide? All the time. All the, as far dude. as erasing all the shopping channels? No, I haven't done that part. You've told me that for years. I haven't. I just know I can find Three's company on 272, and I'm good to go. 
<laughs> no, I'm not watching Three's Company. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't even know what Channel 272 is. <laughs> I'm not on your, I don't know which one it is, but every time I flip through, for some reason, it's always Alice and Three's Company are on 272. See, I think that channel, I blocked it. I don't even know what channel you're on right there. So I, I never yeah. see any of yeah. that. I just, uh, I took everything down. And where I'm at, like, I, I got rid of HBO because HBO is like 18 bucks a month. Yeah. And you go, it's just, it's awful. And then all of a sudden there'll be one show. Like HBO will just send you, they're like the crack dealer. They'll, yeah, they are. They'll throw you one little show. Um, I don't have Showtime either right now. I, I don't, feel I like don't have Showtime right now. Yeah, I don't feel the like. The thing is, I do like the show Billions and it's coming back on. Yeah, you and who was Our the, agent's the one that told me to start watching that thing. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody else, either Nicole Eggert or. Likes Billions also? Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm hooked on that show. Paul Giamatti's in it. Paul Giamatti is good. good. And now this damn HBO, where it's so expensive, is Game of Thrones is so expensive. But now I watched every damn Game of Thrones. I got to see the last season. See, like I, everybody tried to hype me on Hulu. Yeah. And Amazon Prime and all those. That's what I was saying, Dave. I, I'm kind of bummed. Um, I don't really have anything. I wish I did. I wish I was into something as much as my. My ten-year-old son is. Is there one thing right now where you go? Ah, I gotta watch that anytime it's on. Here's here's my thing. It's, You're a Kimmel guy. You've always oh, I am. Been I do. I, I watch. I tape Kimmel every single night if I'm not watching it live. But I do. I watch Kimmel uh, usually first thing when I wake up in the morning. Throw the coffee pot on and and I just fire through Kimmel really fast. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, I'll watch those. As far as TV shows, yeah, there there's certain shows that I'll watch. I watch This Is Us, which you hate because my wife and I watch it oh, together. Yeah. It's one of those things we have in common to watch, but. No, I'll flip through shows. My my wife loves the CSI shows, okay? Mm. And so for me, I, I, I'll sit there, but I'm like, Jesus, man. You know, it kind of, yeah. kind of wears me out a little bit. It's, yeah. it's uh, There's it, nothing like that on regular TV that I go, man, I, I, I love this show on regular television. For, but I, I'm, I'm a sports guy, man. I'll be honest with you. I, I, or I'll have the baseball package ordered. I'll watch a, a game. If I'm home, I'll watch a game at 4 o'clock, and I'll watch another mm. game at 7 o'clock. And usually between Padres, Dodgers, Angels, I usually watch at least seventy-five percent of of all their games. I hope. The, I hope the see. This is what I'm bummed about. Yeah. This is what I'm really concerned about. I hope the pods with Hosmer and Myers yeah. and Margot uh, and Renfro and Hedges can be all right enough offensively to keep me in because I love Orsillo and Mud. But if if they're just if if they're not fun. I think they will be shortly, but there has to be some level of growth attained for that product to be good for me. When, okay, here we go. Let, let's assume you're going to tune the Padres out at some time during the season. When is that? When's that come? Does that come before the All Star break? Does that? Do you remember a few I years ago not. when we expected a great season? We were done six weeks in, yeah, middle sure. of May. We were like, oh, fuck it, it's over. Yeah, Will Middlebrook. Yeah, we right? yeah I mean, we look at look at the guys we're counting on yeah, for that team that we're James excited Shields. for. But I think yeah. the guys you just mentioned, I think, will keep you entertained. You as a Padre fan, and I know you're excited about the young guys. You're going to be excited about Hosmer. You want to see if mm-hmm. Renfro if they're going to stay with them. Yeah. I, I, I seem like the only Renfro fan in San Diego right now. And then uh, you know Hosmer Myers. You want to see if Myers can sit there and can you be a professional for 162 games? Yeah. Where does Mar go from yeah. here? Um, what happens with Hedges? Sure, offensively, yeah. I, I think there's a few guys. Perella. Yeah. Honestly, I th- Jeff, I'm guessing you're going to tell me by the end of September you still were invested in this team all the way through. Because come September 1st, you're going to have more of an interest to stay focused when you see some of the guys that you really want to see are going to be called Why up. Why haven't they made a play for Lance Lynn? Don't know. 
Right. So, yeah, it's frustrating. Why why haven't they made a move? You and I talked about today the Kevin thing. Well, and, and I don't know. I, I don't even know if I want to go down this road. But it, Logan Morrison signs a one-year deal with the Twins. And I'm cheering for... Six and a half million. Yeah, I love Hosmer coming in and getting T-shirts for the team and immediately kind of coming in and being that guy who you want him to be. But you look and you go, shit, man, even if he's a guy coming off the bench, six and a half million is not a lot of money. But 38 home runs he hit last year. Yeah. But for me, Dave, when Lance... Let me ask you, hold on a second. got to stop yeah. it because he did go to a team that you like also. Yeah, sure. Let's say they didn't get Hosmer, but mm-hmm. they did bring in Morrison to the Padres. And you say, you know what you would say to me right now? Mm. Dave, I love it because it's smart money. And it's yeah. one year. There's no commitment. Who ca- who gives a shit? This is exactly what you need. Enough to keep me interested. Puts Myers back in the outfield. This is smart money. I love this move. Yeah. That's what you would be telling and me right now. And one of your top ten guys in yeah. Naylor, you still is, feel like you have a clear path for and him. You still have, and if he, you still have a clear path for him. But, That's what you'd be telling me today. But maybe it's just that they're like, dude, don't don't hit your wagon to Naylor. Maybe they just look at yeah. him and you go, okay, well, you guys are the ones who put this farm team together. And maybe you feel like, no, I, I like the Hosmer signing. Don't get me wrong. But, but I, and look, Lance Lynn is not going to be Kershaw or Bumgarner or anybody else. But, um, that's the one, excuse me, the one thing that I wish had happened. I wish that there had been not a lot, but just one guy other than Ross and Young to come in and kind of stabilize that pitching staff. I'm with you 100% on that. If Lynn was signed by the Padres, where would he be in the rotation? Um, He's probably your one. See, to me, he's probably your one. Yeah. Uh, Lamette's probably your two. Richard might be. Have they be announced a- an opening day starter? Is it no, Perdomo? I figure it's, I Is it figure Richard? it's Richard. Just because he's the old man, we're going to give it yeah. to him? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're, or if you're right, I mean, all of a sudden, Richard, I mean, Richard's a four, isn't he? Is he a five? I mean, he's probably a on the five. Padres or a good team, a playoff team. On a playoff let's team, he's him, not in the rotation. Let's put him in, um, put him in Milwaukee. And I, I'm, I'm just yeah. saying Milwaukee in general. Okay. I'm not asking you to know the entire rotation yeah. for the Brewers. He's a four up. or five. Probably Shit. a five. How about this? Where the Twins can't figure out any pitching. Where they have uh, Berrios, Santana's out for eight weeks. Uh, the kid uh, Ordazi, they got from from Tampa. Yeah, you know Richard Richard on that team. Yeah, but I get it. he's just a bridge guy. He, he didn't sign a five year, fifty million dollar deal. He's just a bridge guy. But I wish they had. And I'm not criticizing him. I I like the path the team's on. Let me be real clear. I like the path the team's on, and they still may do it. Right? I mean, there's still a shitload of guys out there. I don't think you're going to see Jake Arrieta here on a one-year deal. Um, but all of a sudden, if you had found one or two guys that are like, look, there's no market for us right now. Go pitch in San Diego for a year. It's a good park. It's a great place to live. And if you do really well, they're probably going to trade you a contender in the middle of the season. Yeah. Yeah, go be that guy and, and see what you can be, Shaquem. Yeah. And uh, and make some money. That, that would be the only thing, but... But who knows, Dave? If Lamette, I, I just I, I don't feel great about Perdomo. Um, so to me, I go, all right. Well, you got Lamette, you got Richard, and you got the Brian Mitchell. Yeah, Brian Mitchell is the ultimate Preller guy. Where 
either he's going to be good and we're going to go, see, that's why we have Preller, or he's going to suck shit and we're going to go, what the fuck? Yeah. You know, you're going to be really upset because he's talked us up on this kid like crazy when no one else sees it but him. He's the guy. But he's the reason a- you're going to eat Headley's contract. Yeah. Because Jabari Blash was yeah. designated for assignment and flipped to the Angels. So you got him you got him for cost you thirteen million to get him. But but god dang, man, they they're they like this they kid do. out of nowhere. Uh, <laughs> I mean, but Dave, they yeah. like Tatis out of nowhere. They liked yeah. a lot of guys out of nowhere. That's so. why I think it'd be fascinating being in these general manager meetings. Let's say the fact let let's say Bob Nightingale. Yeah. Who can kind of go guy to guy or John Heyman and kinda yeah. know everybody everywhere. And they would. There's some guy on every roster where they're they're going. What the fuck are they doing? Yeah. Like Chris Young has to be the guy that everyone in baseball is like. What are the Padres doing? Well, he hasn't made the team. Yeah. Yet, yeah. But, but you know what I'm saying? What, what yeah. the fuck? Why would you even waste your time? Yeah. Why, we what, what are you looking at? You know, it's Chris yeah. Young. Yeah. Guys, six foot ten, throwing eighty two. Yeah, and and I don't think Chris Young is a guy that can go uh, three games in five days pitching you out yeah. from the from the. Sixth to the yeah. to, to get you from the sixth to the eighth. Every team has a guy. Who, who's who signed Bartolo Colon? Which, uh, which yeah, team, shit. Where'd he go? Which team? Mets or somebody? <laughs> is he sitting, back with the Mets? And he's sitting there and you go, Bartolo Colon. What the fuck? You know. But he's yeah. he's there's every but team it, has a guy. Colon was with the Twins or somebody recently and and hung in there. Yeah. Fernando Rodney's one of those guys. Fernando right? Rodney. Fernando Rodney is with the Twins. Or you go. What happened? I don't know, Dave. I'm I'm not trying to split hairs. I'm really not because I feel like, but but all of a sudden, if you had a guy coming in, and my guys like uh, Mad Friars or or Jagoff or one of you guys, yeah, you know better what I'm saying. But but if you had just found a reclamation project at a little higher level than Tyson Ross. And if you said, you know, Tyson Ross is coming in uh, to battle for the five, uh, Perdomo's probably our, Perdomo's probably our four, Lamette's probably our three. But you know what? We're gonna find one guy and see. Maybe Lamette's our two. Clayton Richards our three. And now we're just gonna bring this dude in on a on a one year seven million dollar deal, and we'll just see. He doesn't have to be Kevin Brown. But all of a sudden now you go, oh shit, maybe that could be interesting to see what he does. Who could that guy be? Who's the starting guy? And now, because I think offensively, it's going to be fun to watch the guys. I think the everyday eight are actually kind of, I'm curious on all of them. I am too, very much so. You know, again, But when you're like, and here comes Will Kinane. Now Will's <laughs> well, that's different. four and 12 on the season. Mud's like, all right, here's our scouting report. Keep the fastball down. Yeah, bud, you think? <laughs> Giving up 88 home runs. All right, Cologne's with the Rangers. Would you rather have Bartolo Cologne or Chris Young? Um, I'd rather have Bartolo. No, I'd rather have Chris Young because I'm only taking Chris Young. The only way Chris Young ever touches the ground, you're you're treating Chris Young like he's penciled in to be the opening day starter. No, nah, I'm just saying Chris Young's on this team. I'll be disappointed. I'd be disappointed if Bartolo Colon was on this team. Well, he's going to make the Rangers. That's exactly why yeah. I'd be disappointed because I'd feel like it's not. He's a clown show. Is what Colon is. Yeah, Colon, Col- the big sexy. The he's a clown show. Yeah, I don't. I don't need Colon as one of the the bridge guys. That that wouldn't do it for me. I don't need that guy. Um, Ross, I'm interested in. I just wish there was one guy 
that was a little bit stronger. I didn't even put Mitchell in that rotation. Shit, man. I don't want to go too crazy. But if, if Mitchell comes in, all of a sudden he's you go, oh, shit, I see something there. I hope so. And maybe they, Dave, maybe the reason they don't do it is because they feel like Quantrill and some of these other guys are close. That close. Again, and, Quantrill talks like he's been told he's close. And Espinosa and Lauer and and some of these other dudes. Maybe they just feel like you know what we don't we don't want anything blocking the path. Remember, wasn't Matt Latos that they brought up from like Double A? Remember when Latos yeah. came up and was okay? Yeah, he was okay. Now you need you you ultimately want these guys to be better than Latos was, but maybe that's what they're saying. Well, if we have a veteran guy, Lance Lynn, in here, it's just stunting the growth of the pitchers because if they get to a certain level and we're ready to call them up, but Lamette's going to be part of it, Perdomo's going to be part of it, Mitchell's going to be part of it. We already have Ross and Richard. Where, where are we going to put guys? So that could be it. It'll be interesting. All right, we're going to get on out of it. That was about two hours, by the way. Stop, really? Yeah, that was us. That was one hour and 55 minutes. Too much. We're too sorry. Much, too much. Poor leisure fryer. Sorry. <laughs> uh, on Twitter, at Dave Palais. On Twitter, at Jeff Dotseth. If you would like to advertise on the show, we would love to have you. You can reach out to me. Anything. You know what? Yeah. By the way, all of you reaching out to me recently, I, I've loved it, man. If you just want to communicate, I have no problem at all. Pete and Point Loma and so many of you guys that have reached out to me, uh, you're not bothering me at all. They've been fantastic. They've meant the world to me. You can email me anytime you want. Uh, jp.seth at yahoo.com. Cool. I may just write you back a one-line thing. Thank you. I appreciate it. But believe me, I'm being sincere when I tell you that. Uh, if you want to advertise on the podcast, you can hit us up there, jp.seth at yahoo. Which yeah. email works best for you, Dave? Yeah, Dave Palais at uh, Yahoo, all lowercase. Dave Palais at Yahoo.com. Uh, very, very simple. Actually, I'm surprised. When we do the advertising, we, you brought it up yesterday. We need a painter and we need an electrician. We need a painter. We need an electrician. Um, we are good for April 8th. And somebody does floors. But we could, then we, everybody works with each other. Yeah, be awesome. Uh, April 8th, we're heading to Cali Comfort. Okay. Uh, we will do a live podcast there. Uh, WrestleMania. Bill Center today said he can't wait. He's locked in. Is he locked in? He loves Son it. of a bitch. I thought he was running. Nope. I was about be. to say, tell that guy Sunday Night Baseball will be on. Okay? Well, well he didn't okay. like it when there was wrestling on, but then I told him, uh, well, if you don't show up, I'm giving you a spot to Hacksaw. He'll be there. Yeah. He can be there and grumble about the whole <laughs> thing. So what? I heard a Hacksaw story today, by the way. When they had Fan Fest at Petco Park, mm-hmm. Hacksaw wore his Channel 6 jacket, which doesn't exist anymore, meaning Channel 6. And uh, sat in the dugout and uh, trying to sign autographs and take pictures, but then told the guy, his wife, he said, what is, what are you doing with a guy like that to the guy's wife who was decent looking? Completely inappropriate. Yeah. Completely inappropriate. The guy got pissed. The guy went from, hey, I'm happy to meet you, to, hey, fuck you, to act yeah. so quick. <laughs> Almost dropped him. The guy was pissed. Imagine if Lee just got yeah. the shit beat out of him at Padres Fan Fest. Unbelievable. When's Hacksaw, when's 1090 going to jump in and make Hacksaw get 1090 off his Twitter account? That's what they need to do. Yeah. 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 C- come on. Let's get your shit together. Uh, we hopefully, if schedule allows, uh, we'll see you tomorrow night, and we'll see if they launch 97.3. Yeah, it'll be interesting. The machine. I can't the, wait for you to start doing the voice. The machine. We'll see if they come in. Thanks to everybody. Sorry we went so long. We'll see you next time. All right.
Nothing can stop me, I'm all the way up